0: Honey, I'm so glad we have this newfound understanding of how we feel about each other.
1: So am I! I've been alone for so long that having someone in my life is just the greatest feeling I could ever! Hey, Mom and Dad! I'm your son from the future! I'm also the same age
2: as you, but no one's heard Back to the Future here! Wait,
3: you're my son? Ew, I'm finding someone else! Hey, Mom, I'm your daughter from the future, and now that you got together with someone else, where's my dad, though?
1: If I'm not your dad, th- then who am I?
3: Just the one responsible for my parents' meeting. They talk about you all the time, but you're not my real father. <sighs>
0: hey,
1: paisanos, it's the Backtrack Brothers Super Show! We're the Backtrack Brothers, and old school are game. We're not like the others, you get all the fame. If your back left in trouble, you can call us in the double. We're more retro than the others, you'll be hooked on
3: the brothers you hooked on the brothers.
1: You're in for a treat, so hang on to your seat. Get ready for adventure from RPGs to sweetcom consoles, computers, handhelds, and the others. Listen to our show. You'll be hooked on the brothers. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the RPG Backtrack, where we talk about computer and console role-playing games from the way back when, right up through yesteryear. Here are your hosts, Phil Willis and Mike Minky. And welcome, this is RPG. <laughs> That's all folks. This is RPG Backtrack number 180. I am one of two hosts. I am Phil Willis, and what do twin powers activate? This is Mr. Mike Minky. Yes,
2: I am coming to you through the wonders of technology. Actually, I'm not that far from where I usually am, but my technology is, well, is failing me tonight. Except for Mr. Dark, you can still hear me, but I'm very teeny and electronic, and it sounds as if I'm stuck in the middle of a desert somewhere.
1: But I am here. I'm pretty sure he's calling us from the mountains of Turkey. So, uh, yeah, not not too bad for, for the mountains of Turkey, really, when yeah, you think but about please it. Don't.
2: Don't make too much noise. I'm trying to avoid the surface police at this moment. They're not very happy
1: with any air at this moment. Oh, there we go. Uh, that's cool. That's cool. We'll, we'll, we'll help you hide from the police with the help of Miss Cassandra Ramos.
0: Hello, everybody. Hey, Cassandra! Welcome back. Yeah, good. Well, I was glad to be back.
1: Feels like it's been a hot minute. It's, it's been, been a hot hot. Hot. Yeah. Yeah and uh let's see and, and, and for her I believe it's her second appearance we have Miss Relly Kyan
3: oh I'm never gonna shake that am I
1: well I don't know I think I, I almost pronounced Cassandra's name correctly. only took her about 75 episodes
3: <laughs> I guess I'll get there at, at least the proper gamer podcast knows my name I, I feel like it's like a you should feel honored not that anyone can have their name butchered by Bill <laughs> I suppose so.
1: It's like a badge of honor you unlock. You know, it's like an achievement after you've been on seventy-five episodes. You unlock you you know, longtime RPG Backtrack podcaster. You've unlocked your name being pronounced correctly.
3: Yay! <laughs> an honor I will wear proudly.
1: Or or maybe you just need to uh, work up your relationship rank with me, as you might do. And let's say, fire emblem awakening. Support conversations, woohoo! Which is what so, we're talking. <laughs> yeah, this
3: means I need to fight with you and have your back.
1: Yeah, yeah, you have to fight with me by going through a bunch of really bad games and talking about it here on RPG Backtrack. There you go. Um, I, actually, in fact, Mikey will discreetly, uh, uh, Mister Mike Mikey will discreetly send you a list of like three games you have to play to wear that badge of honor, um, so you can share our pain. You can know how we feel. You can-
3: do they, by any chance, have the words "idea" and "factory" in them?
1: <laughs> oh, I don't know. Do any of them are strong? Yeah, they're strong. Of course, you you will have to play
2: the entirety of something that starts with "ag," ends with "rest," and has Ooh. a useless syllable in the middle, but also a whole, whole lot of.
3: Pain. Oh. You will have to play all of it. All right. Well, a lot of liquor, a lot of
1: podcasts. <laughs> There you go. Um, but while you're while you're thinking about doing that, uh, we're gonna talk tonight about Fire Emblem Awakening. That is our main event, and it's a big, fat, juicy one. So we need to jump right into it if we're gonna have any time tonight for the final lap. So hold on, tight boys and it girls. Is
2: not something that would be created by Idea Factory.
1: No, no.
2: better
0: than that. Not unless you <laughs> listen to certain people in the fandom. Good.
2: <laughs> so, uh... I think even certain people in the fandom would admit that this is better than Idea Factory. You'd uh, be surprised. Other people can be ignored
1: forever. Bad Idea Factory. Bad! Uh, anyways, uh... Buckle up your seatbelt boys and girls, hold on tight, listen to this rock and soundtrack, and we'll be right back. Welcome back tonight. We are diving deep into the details, into the juicy bits, into the entrails of Fire Emblem Awakening, developed by Intelligent Systems, a Nintendo SPD, published by Nintendo. Uh, this is released on the Nintendo 3DS in North America on February 4, 2013. This is a single-player tactical RPG experience, and it does say multiplayer here in parentheses, so you guys can help me with that, because I did not play that part of the game. Uh, but this, uh, this, was, this, this this is awesome! Fire Emblem Awakening, right? right? This was supposed to be the yes, death song definitely. of the Fire Emblem series, and instead... Has completely revitalized it to where yes. there's a there's another game out on the Switch. There's another there's a Fire Emblem Warriors game on the Switch. You just can't stop this beast now.
3: Now there's Fire Emblem amiibos and amiibos action figures and a cell
1: phone game.
3: It's mm-hmm. it, all
1: because of Fire Emblem Awakening. Uh,
2: yes. You know I can't, of course, come up with an ev- evidence of it right now because it's lost in the internet. But there was an ad which aired all the time on YouTube quoting RP Gamer on how good this game was, and I wrote the review for RP Gamer.
0: You're famous. Famous, Mike! Nice. I'm internet famous. I feel so. Yeah, so let go a bit more detail on that, uh, how the series was on its last legs.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, let's set the stage. Set the stage, Cassandra.
0: Okay, so the uh, series had been in decline since, I believe, the, since the GBA era, uh, I got the book. Like, Path of Radiance didn't do so well. Radiant Dawn didn't do so well. The remake of the first game, Shadow Dragon, didn't do that well. And so much so that we and didn't And the remake
2: get... of the third game... he never got. Do... ...did so badly that it didn't come across the ocean.
0: Yeah, so Nintendo basically gave Systems an ultimatum. You know, this is better sell at least, I think, 200,000 copies, or we're going to put this series, you know, to bed for good. So because of that, Intelligent Systems puts everything they could into this game to make it, like... The pinnacle of fire emblem they put in all sorts of things throughout the series they put into the support conversations that have been in since the seventh game uh, they put in um, they, they have it set in uh, Marf's world although the continent had been renamed from Arcanea to Elise due to lore based reasons were never fully uh, given a wizard did it I, I think Grima did it but <laughs> anyway uh, it, uh, has, it brings back uh, marriage and child units from the fourth game and, heck, this game even strongly implies that the entire series is based in a multiverse, which I guess we'll get into a little later. Uh, because, and it introduced some other mechanics. Because I think they had, like, time constraints. Uh, they, not all the ideas were implemented as well as they could have been, but still, they threw as much as they could. They put in, uh, like, they put in uh, these char- like the, uh, the, uh, these characters from the older games, what do they called? the Iron Harrier, I believe, as sort of extra characters that you could recruit... Uh, they barely looked like their old counterparts, but they were there, and they were kind of cool to have them there. And they put it all there, and they and brought especially it out. Ones
2: from older, especially the ones from older games that weren't translated into English have names that you have to really struggle to figure out.
0: Well, yeah. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> well, yeah. And so they brought it out there, and it did really well in Japan. They brought it out here. It did really well here. It sold over a million copies. Might even two million by now? I'm not sure.
3: Yeah, I have an antidote about that. Now, when when this game came out here, um, I think Nintendo of America severely underestimated just how much of a demand there was going to be for it, because they sold through their initial stock almost immediately, and the game was, like, impossible to find for... really. A couple of months.
0: I, I got um, a, I got a pre-order, so
3: I... I, I yeah. That, yeah. Funny you should mention that, because I remember wanting to go pick it up from GameStop. You know, I was on the fence as to whether, whether I was going to get it or not, and we was going on a road trip that weekend, so it's like, well, I kind of want something new to play, and I called our local GameStop, and they said, yeah, we only have one copy in. So, of course, I asked, I asked them, can you hold it for me? Well, no. So I immediately haul ass over to the GameStop get my copy and get the oh you should have pre-ordered it and that's the (laughs) maddest I've ever been at a GameStop employee in my entire life
0: wow again I I had no idea
2: (laughs) Yeah, I do do not have a physical copy of the game because along came our illustrious Max Storm asking if I wanted to get the review copy so that I could do it for the site which is of course a digital copy but I got it early and I managed to get the review up in time for the release. That was—I good good seventy hours into the game before I reviewed it, so I consider that work well done. Nice. But
3: yeah, it was a couple so of I, months before. I didn't before have to n- worry about buying it. Lucky me. Huh. It, was, it was a couple of months before Nintendo actually managed to get another print run, and and between that time, copies were going on eBay for pretty expensive amounts.
0: And, wow.
3: Yeah. I mean, it seemed like everybody was playing the game, so I assumed it wasn't that hard to get. Well, if if you remember right, the 3DS had just come out the year before, and that Christmas they had put out the 3DS XL. So I imagine that a lot of people were getting 3DSs for Christmas, and they kind of wanted a killer app.
0: Ah, uh, I see. I and mean, that included digital versions and such as well. Mm hmm.
2: So hey, if I could have gotten the physical version I would have but when Mac offers me a free review copy digitally I'm not going to turn him down.
1: Now now and uh you know so it, I mean the the long story short of it is is it went, it went Gangbusters and it did really super well uh and and boy I mean now now we look and we down
0: We the series Got, yeah, that totally sa-
1: save the series, yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, let's, uh, I've got my own views on that, as well, but I want to save the, mine towards the end. Let's jump right into uh, the story. Let's talk about the story and the main plot of Fire Emblem, which, despite being a role-playing game, is probably actually one of the shorter segments uh, on this particular game for other reasons. So, who wants to talk which about is, the story?
0: Which is weird, because it's like they try to clam in three storylines into one, and it's, but yeah... <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. So
2: you want to okay. talk are about it? That the, are you saying that the world to stride and conquer
0: on the other
2: continent didn't really gel with the rest of it? I can't believe <laughs>
0: that. Anyway, okay. Uh, should I start?
2: Yeah, go, go ahead. Go, go ahead. For it.
0: Okay, so you begin the game. Uh, you create uh, you create a character. This is the avatar. Their default name is Robin. You can rename them, of course uh and you create them this is supposed to be you or uh, although they have kind of their own personality the male and the female even have slightly different personalities but anyway you pick them and then you begin the game you and the uh blue-haired lord this is crom you'll see in all the artwork are fighting this dark mage wizard guy uh you seem to defeat him but uh instead he launches a like he launches an attack at crom the avatar blocks it and he's like, he seems to ease down, and then suddenly he gets taken over by some force and stabs Krom. And then Krom tells him to please escape from this place as he dies, and then the, the uh, Avatar blanks out. You then wake up in the middle of a field where you're uh, with uh, Krom and another, a, a little girl, uh, not that little, I, I don't know how, they, they never give ages in this girl, but a much younger girl. Her name is Lissa, he's Krom's sister. Uh, they introduce themselves, though the Avatar strangely knows Krom's name. And uh, you find out the, that the Avatar has, is, has amnesia, or she has amnesia. Imagine that, amnesia in an RPG. And
2: uh, my, my mind is blown.
0: <laughs> How so, original. I know. And so they introduce themselves. They are the prince and princess of that kingdom, the, uh, the Halidom of Elise. And so you have an introductory battle against some, uh, some bandits. You meet a, uh, the, a knight steward named Frederick, who's mostly no-nonsense, so he's got a goofy per- surprisingly goofy side to him, too. Uh, let me think here. Uh, eventually, on your way to lease, you run into a strange group of monsters that come out of a portal in the sky. They look like zombies, and are later named the Risen. Along with them comes a strange character who looks a lot like Marth from the first game. He even calls himself Marth. And he doesn't and he's really he's
2: wearing a Mardi Gras he... mask to make it, yes. look, make it impossible to detect. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yeah, it doesn't fully... he doesn't explain exactly who he is or what he's doing there, but he suddenly takes off, and then they... Go back to the kingdom where they meet the ruler of Elise, uh, the exalt. Her name is Emerim, and she's the older sister to the siblings. Uh, you also find out that a couple of years ago, uh, the kingdom of Elise was in a war against Plegia, and it nearly destroyed both kingdoms. Uh, so Emerim's been working all that time to try to restore the kingdom and try to make rep- reparations with Plegia, but Plegia's not having any of it, and they've been sending bandits uh, to try to terrorize Elise uh i think recent of a like order events uh later on i believe i believe that's when you get you introduce a bunch of other characters uh at some point uh one of the a noble woman a young noble who joins the uh the army called maribel gets kidnapped uh by plagia and there you meet the mad king of plagia uh gen uh, grand uh, G- 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 gangrel gangrel i should remember this and he's saying, you know, oh, I'll give her back if you give us the Fire Emblem. The Fire Emblem is the Shield of Seals from the first and the third game. And although it looks different, it's later explained it's because it's been reforged due to some unknown event that changed it. And oh, yeah, by the way, Krom is holding the falchion, Mars falchion. Though, again, it looks different. Uh, the, the, sword, the blade is still, it will never break, but the hilt had to be reforged due to some reason I presume we're going to get in a future game. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> And uh, anyway, so they, so they managed to rescue Maribel, uh, but Plegia is still at it. They send assassins to try to kill Emeryn, but here they're stopped with the help of the mysterious Marth, who you find out is actually a woman with the long hair. Uh, I don't know how she hides it that well, but there you go. Tape.
2: Uh, <laughs> I guess. She was very good at hairdressing.
0: So, yeah, so this girl Marth saves them. And saves Emeryn. You find out that, that she is from the future. She sees the future. No, you don't find out she's from the future yet. She sees the future and knows that Emeryn would die that day, but they thankfully save her. Uh, so they decide to move Emeryn to another castle, like a, another secure castle away from the capital. But uh, one of their, like, uh, like one of the in her entourage was a, uh, was a traitor. And so she gets kidnapped by Plegia. Uh, they try to save her from plegia, but uh, at that moment they're again like you know, we're gonna kill Emeren or give us the fire emblem. Emerin does not let you decide because she throws herself off a cliff, presumably to her death because she doesn't want any you know, any war to come. This completely demoralizes the Plegia army, seeing how much she how much she how she sacrificed herself like that. So Gengrel loses the quick war rather easily uh, so at that point, Crom does marry one of how many women does he have? And I was, they could get Sumia, uh, Maribel. I would like uh, to
2: interject that when I was playing it for review, I had not hooked up the avatar with somebody else. I was playing a female avatar and Crom got married to her.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what I ended up doing too. Well, I, I wanted to do that. <laughs> I just wanted to see like, will this affect the story? Let me see. And it kind of does. Well, so that but...
2: is apparently the default, where unless you have Crumb hooked up with another lady beforehand, then he will marry the Avatar if she's available. No,
0: no, uh, it's, it's that, they, they determine, like, it's, it's okay, but, okay, so you marry, okay, you can marry one of a couple of women, not all the women in the army. It's Sumia, uh, Sully, Maribel, the female Avatar if she's available, and Olivia, who's a character who joins in only one chapter, and you basically have to purposely hook her up with him if you actually want to get them married. So, but uh, the the way they term that is that he has to get that he hooks up with a female whoever has the highest amount of uh, support with. So if you have somebody with an A support, but some of, everyone's with C support, he marries the one with the A support.
1: Okay, how- we're getting a little. So come back to the story though.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, sorry, I'm good. So yeah, he marries one of them. Two years later, he has a child. Uh, it's a little girl named Lucina. And then, so they they term, they find that this. Oh, I completely forgot about that. They're trying to get help from a country, a nearby country called Regnaferax. It was this whole storyline with like a duel. This story's a, a little all over the place. If it if you have heard from the sound of this, uh, yeah, anyway, it kind of is. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, they 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 already got help from Regnafarax, a neighboring kingdom. Uh, and that, Regnafarax was attacked by an empire across the sea, the Empire of Valm. Which is actually the uh, continent of Valentia from the second Fire Emblem game, Gaiden, or the remake we recently got. But of course, again, it also had a weird name change due to lore reasons we're not privy to yet. So they decided they better go to Valm uh, to, like, to try to stop them before they invade the continent of Elise. They get help from the defeated Plesia. They meet the new king, who looks suspiciously like that wizard guy that, th- that you see in the very beginning of the game. And also apparently kill... Um, during the, uh, the during the war, during the assassination attempt on Emerin, Uh you also see that there are a, a religious leader called the Hierophant who looks very very suspiciously like the Avatar. Uh, so anyway, so they get their they get their help from in form of ships and I think money. They couldn't square any troops. They go to Valm. They run around Valm trying to stop the uh, the Volme's Empire, despite the fact that it's like a million t- like soldiers strong. Uh, they stop the conqueror Valart. Although before that happens, uh, the, one of the uh, one of the rulers of Regnafarax is seemingly killed. His name is Basilio. Because uh, uh, and I completely skipped over the whole reveal with uh, Marth. Okay, so backtracking. Before they leave for Balm, uh the uh, the, this, the female Marth reveals herself to be Lucina from the future. She is Crom's future daughter, and Crom is whoever the. Uh, the other wife is, there's this really, this is pretty cute scene, depending on who Kroms marries, introducing themselves to Lucina. Uh, Although weirdly enough, if you look at this poor conversation, so she's there in the past, she's going there to the past because in the future, a evil dragon God called Grima, which was sealed away a thousand years ago by their ancestor, uh, the first exalt of Elise. He was revived at some point because the future was very different. That happened differently pretty much destroyed the world. There was nothing left. So they uh, look to the dragon God Naga, although she says she's not a God. Naga is mentioned in the backstory to uh, the earlier fire emblems, Marf's games. And I think the forfeit game as well. Uh, she sends them to the past using a ritual. Although uh, the way tra- time travel works in this series, apparently instead of traveling to the past, they actually travel to a parallel universe that resembles the past. Again, there's a, there's a big multiverse situation going on here. But they figured, okay, as long as we're here we're gonna try to save at least this world so lucinia was traveled there with other children of the uh of the Elise army and uh, and uh it's kind of funny because obviously it, that can change depending on who you hook hook up with who anyway so they all go over to Vaughn, they 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 stop vol art and they man- they collect the jewels to the fire emblem so they can use it to prevent they, they hope so to prevent be, Grima's resurrection uh they go back. To Plesia, because the king is going to offer them the uh, one of the gemstones, the last gemstone they need. And of course, it's a trick. It's there that you find out that the avatar is actually the it's actually the uh, the host to Grima, because Grima for because Grima has uh, formed some sort of blood pact in the ancient past with this family line, and they if, with that host the avatar can become Grima. They're distraught, understandably. And it's at this point where Lucina passes, Lucina's judgment scene, which is different depending on whether or not the avatar is completely, is largely unrelated, whether or not the avatar is her mother, or whether the avatar is a male and married to her. Uh, personally, I prefer the uh, her mother part, but that's just me. Uh, of course, the avatar doesn't get killed, but they do get a new resolve to try and stop Grima. Uh despite, despite the, uh, they, they pull a trick on Val, on Valdar, which is the uh, evil in beginning. Um, dread I should have wrote this down. Oh,
2: Valdar, uh, yes, that's his name. I, yeah, Valdar, he looks so much,
0: no. yeah, looks so much like
2: Jafar that I kept assuming he that was his real name.
0: No, Valdar, so he's that evil mage who's the, is the Avatar's father and also part of the Green bloodline. Uh, it looks like it's a repeat, a repeat of the scene at the beginning of the game where Krom is killed, but it turned out, the Avatar still has his or her mind intact and actually stopped himself from killing Krom. Uh, they they, they um, managed to stop Valadar, defeat him, but that strange that strange hierophant that looked like the Avatar, turns out it's Grima from the future, who followed the children into the past, and presumably time travel also reduced it to its human form. So it takes all of the human sacrifices that have been gathered to that area and transforms into a, a giant a dragon, basically a giant dragon the size of a continent, or maybe an island. Either way, it's huge. And now they have to yeah. go... Yeah, they have to go and stop it first getting power, going to see Naga, the, the monochete Naga, who looks an awful lot like Nagi, a sort of secret character in Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon and the uh and the uh the remake of the third game. Whether or not they're related, we've yet to lo- find out, but I wonder. She powers up the Falchons so they have the so it can defeat Grima. They go and defeat Grima, and depending that you get a slightly different ending, very slight. <laughs> Different ending depending on whether or not the Avatar delivers the final blow or if Krom delivers the final blow. If Krom delivers it, Grima is put to sleep for another thousand years and the Avatar is a little like distraught, like, oh, I, I should have, you know, put it to sleep for good instead. Uh, but it's like, oh, okay, we'll just take care of it in a thousand years. Not a big deal. No, not them, obviously, but they'll just take it a thousand years, not a big deal. If the avatar defeats the uh, defeats Grima, since Grima can only be defeated by its own power, Grima is presumably gone for good, but they disappear from the world. Possibly, if it's if his his or her links are strong are tied to the world strong enough, they might return. And it's not like it's based on how many support conversations they have. They always return back some unknown amount of time in the in the future, where after the credits roll, you see the avatar reawakening again. But uh, and it seems like they're pulling it like line by line, except the very last line, Crom says, uh, "Welcome back. It's over now," and that's the end. Uh, there's uh, I guess there's the uh, the future path DLC, but we can get into that a little later
2: and i can't speak to that because i never
0: got into of okay should i mention that or should i go on that a little later i don't know how are you gonna handle the dlc uh, you, you know
1: you, you definitely uh, you know dlc was kind of a big part of this uh, you know wasn't uh, it was definitely more than some other games so well, I,
0: only one of them was really strongly story based a lot of it was just extra maps, maps. Uh, but a I mean, bunch they, of them were some... extra support conversations which i absolutely loved and that one, the future past, is specifically a story. There was sort of a special alternate story that took place in another parallel universe, but this one was in the future, based in the future, as the name implies.
1: Yeah, so go into it.
0: It's different. Okay, so in this one, Krom and, and the army are summoned to another world. It's a to, to a, a parallel universe. In this one, though, they are defeated by Grima. Naga wants to help them by sending them there to to help the children escape, because they've been captured They're trying to reassemble the jewels to the Fire Emblem. It's here you find out that the reason the children of the future didn't use the Fire Emblem to defeat Grima was because they somehow lost one of the gemstones. But in this future, the gemstones are still intact, although they've been captured left and right and Grima is extremely powerful. Uh, You save all the children and then they gather all the gemstones and Lucina is the one who powers up the Exalted Falchion and defeats Grima. And then you see like this whole the, the, the this future world renewed, and they were also and they they reflect back on what happened, and these they reflect on these, these mysterious strangers who look an awful lot like their parents. I guess it's kind of a short storyline now that I summarize it. <laughs> but uh, the, the, another big draw to that one is that you get to have the children have a one-on-one conversations with their with their parents, their mothers, which is with tied to their fathers, which are different. And with themselves, sort of, though, mostly you just see the character monologuing to themselves about, oh, that's myself in this darker world, wow, look at them go. And, okay, shh, uh, and there you go. You remembered a whole lot more specifics than I could. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I, I still feel like I'm all over the place. I, I should have read I, I figured, okay, this story is a kind of, like, this story is not bad, but it's it's all over the place. It's like... They tried to cram in three separate arcs into the length of a typical fireable. It's not even like in Radiant Dawn, where they had enough chapters to justify the length of the game. Although that story kind of its own problems. If this game had Radiant Dawn's length, or better yet, if it just completely excised the uh, invasion of Balmpart part, and just had it completely based around Plegia and Grima's Resurrection, it probably would have been a better story. But oh, there you go. Not a bad story, but just a little all over the place. Very yes. way too fast-paced.
3: Sometimes these complicated RPG plots can get kind of easy to forget when you're playing in chunks on a portable system, unless you play your portable system like a console where you just kind of marathon it all night. At least that's how I felt about the story in this game.
0: Right. Again, I I remember, I get I just remembering it all over the place, but it's just I just feel like like you know this, this story's story is pretty decent, but um could have used a lot better editing, but that's probably because of they were, they you know they, the the development had time constraints because it's just like you get this game out as soon as possible because this might be the last one.
2: Yeah, okay. I remember getting really into it at the time, and I didn't I didn't care much about the almost completely unconnected nature of having to go over to Valentia.
0: Um, yeah right. apparently the the justification there is that uh val the emperor was going to in, was going to invade elise so he can unify the world against grima but they only mention that in like his support conversations because oh yeah even though you defeat val he is a secret an extra special secret character that somehow survived and so does emeryn and gangrel and a villain i barely mentioned named Aversa who worked for validar all even though they are apparently died are apparently still alive and you can recruit them. And it's presumably non-canon because they're, they barely show They don't really show up in the story at all. Neither do the, I mean, I mean, granted fire emblem, very few characters rarely do show up during the main story, but you know, you think they would. Well, let's see. I do remember
2: the presentation being very nice at spots because there are some nice animated segments, which at the time I hadn't seen many animated segments on a portable system. Cause I have a data yet. And the animation is still pretty nice. Although
1: there aren't very are many of these, yeah, I total, totally agree. With you. Yeah, the the animations are, really- are very nice. Yeah,
0: and full voice acting there too. Because uh, this game has a lots of voice clips, uh, but only those scenes are fully voiced. Pretty good though.
1: So I'm I'm with Mike, uh, and I played this not that long ago, and 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 I'm with him that the the details of the story it was just like it, it kind of hit me as as RPG. Eh. And yeah, I mean, and it doesn't really hit a lot of notes, and it is about my confusing. But what I found a lot more memorable were the characters and their uh, interactions. So oh,
0: let's yeah, dive definitely. into the characters. That's it. that's its game strength. The characters, not so much the plot.
1: So 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 boy, there's a there's a list of characters.
0: Okay, we can uh, go through them all. I guess. Uh, actually, don't have a It'll list. A up. While. Should we start with? Okay, start with Crom. I guess. Might as well start from the beginning. Let's I have see. the game what up right his... here. Okay.
2: Well, what is his name? I remember Mac liking him because he sounds like he comes from the South.
0: Donald. Uh, That's, because... Donald is the... Uh, he's a, Donald, Bill, a... Yeah. Donald,
1: yeah. He's hilarious.
0: No, he's just... Uh, well, okay, so... He's cute. We just, should we just start? Okay, so Donald, he is a... Uh, he's a, as a farmer kid, so he's got a sort of like a southern, hick-sounding accent. Uh, his shtick his is that he... Starts out weak, but he can get he grows levels very quickly because of, of the ability he has, and he gets pretty strong very quickly. Although he maxes out a little slightly weaker than the other characters, not by much. He's still he's still going to be pretty strong until you get much later in the game, or if you're crazy and like want to max out everybody because you can max out everybody in this game if you have the patience.
2: Uh, yeah, he's... it's actually possible. All you have to do is just keep uh, shooting them back to the beginning, reclassing them. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, not like, yes, I remember him constantly saying "I done it" because yeah, it, it's, it, it's all in the line reading. It's it's a funny line,
1: and I remember working hard just to keep the bloody kid alive.
0: Like, yeah, once he once he cla- once you can class change him, uh, he is pretty he does get, but yeah, but as, as a villager, he's pretty wimpy. That's kind that, of the point.
2: And you have to give him a level when you first get him, or else he won't join you.
3: Yes, yeah, that must have happened with me because I never. Got Donald in my party he is not in my roster and i
2: like I like gregor his his interesting Slavic accent and stuff is, is fun. He's a mercenary, somewhat older mercenary and he has broken English. what's gratefulness
0: <laughs> Gregor smash yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's the kind of the funny foreigner guy. he's uh yeah a bit older than the, yeah he said a bit older than the rest of them. They'll probably not buy much since he can marry them. Uh, no, he, probably he's, not
2: by much, but th- this is this is another thing where Japan will probably consider him over the hill because he's twenty seven.
0: <laughs> but yeah, he's he like a happy go-lucky kind of guy, but when in his four conversations you do find out that he's really, you know, he's really he's very knowledgeable, very experienced, and has had a bit of a sad life. He lost his brother, uh, at one point of points of our just conversations, uh, but otherwise he's just like a, a big goofy guy. Uh, but I married him to uh, to uh, Cordelia myself.
2: All right. Was, okay. I think I ended up marrying him to. What is her name? She is the. If this were in the modern day, she would be a goth person. Oh, Tharja. Love, pain, Thar- dark.
0: Tharja. No, Sarja. Sarja, Yeah, she's the dark mage who is. I want to like her. The game won't let, like, and I want to dislike her. The the. It's like the game. She's, she's got an interesting characteristic, but it's like they had two, at least two different writers on her, and one of them decided to go for one stupid route where she's like this creepy stalker willing to torture her own child. And another route where she's like this, she, you know, she's a dark main, she believes a dark main should act a certain way, but she has a secret heart of gold that she tries to hide very well. These two conflict, and I can't decide if I like her or hate her.
2: I seem to remember pairing up with Gregor. That was an interesting pairing.
0: Oh yeah, because you find out about his past that way. I, I I paired up with Henry just because I, I just love the contrast between the serious dark mage and the the sort of the goofy, uh, why, the goofy dark the, the goofier dark mage who doesn't take this seriously.
1: I kind of uh, she kept hitting on my hero pretty hard, but by that point I was already married to like the I forget her name, the rabbit lady or whatever.
0: Pan. Uh,
1: pan <laughs> yeah, name. Pan. I kept expecting her to like poison pants, rabbit salad or something <laughs> just so she can move up in the rankings.
0: Yeah. That Tharja I... stick is that she stalks the avatar, whether they're, whether they're male or female. And, uh, it even often says to her own husband, you know, you're second, you know, you're second to me. Number one is the avatar that I don't care about you as much as I care about them. And, and most of them are just like, okay, I'll take it. Whatever. Uh,
2: let's see. Oh yes. Of course there's Anna, our friendly shop girl who is apparently part of a massive
3: family that all looks the same.
0: And, and they also traverse them. through the multiverse, apparently.
3: <laughs> there's, uh-huh. even, there's even an Anna in Tokyo, in Tokyo Mirage Sessions.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the vast multiverse is a bunch of Annas.
2: But this and Anna she's... can actually marry the Avatar.
0: And only did, the Avatar. Yeah, There's a lot of characters that can only marry the Avatar. Yep. Uh, much to some people's chagrin. And she's, uh, she's money-hungry. There's not too much to her personality. Kinda no, funny, but
2: it, it was interesting having her get support conversations with her kids from the future when that eventually happened.
0: Yeah, uh, which, I mean, that, that's the thing about the child supports, though. They're virtually identical. They are identical, except for, like, a few lines here and there to, like, to kind of so differentiate it to the parents.
1: If we're going to reference it, I think we needed to, to talk just a little, take a little quick aside to explain this whole adult-child thing. Because to somebody who's never played the game before, this could be a little confusing.
0: Kind of jumping around with the characters, but I guess we can. So as mentioned earlier, you know, Crom gets married and there's a bunch of children from the future because each of the characters, when you support them, they can go all the way up to S support with one character of the opposite gender. You can only get one S support. And when they're married, uh, after a certain point in the game, after Lucina joins, and you go to Valm, uh, a, a um, a new special map shows up called a paralogue in which you can recruit their child from the future this child will have stats uh, based on their stats uh they have their what what um classes they have access to is based on their parent on their parents because the the, the child is tied to the mother their child will always be the same the only the father will contribute the class the classes the stats and their hair color but uh, because of that the support conversations are pretty much identical Except for very, very slight variations. For instance, um, let me go with one of my favorite child characters Inigo. *Nigo*. Uh, he's a womanizer, though he's kind of, he's a child to Olivia, who's a very shy dancer. Uh, he is also kind of shy, but he tries to hide it by hitting on every woman he can. He usually fails. Uh, if you if you, if Henry is his father, he'll say something. like you know Henry kind of talking his mannerisms. Henry has a specific chuckle. He's like meh. And he's uh, there. He's a un- bit un- of the character is seriously, and then an says something like, "Like wow, for such a softy, he's you know, he's always hard on me." But if his father is instead Frederick, the the hard you know the knight who's usually serious about everything, he goes, "Yes, he's even hard in his own blood." Just just very slight things, but otherwise they're identical. Uh, okay. Oh yes, so, and,
2: then it, and then there's Morgan, the Avatar's child that can be either male or female.
0: Depends, yeah, the opposite of the Avatars, and they can be the sibling to almost every to to every child in the game, more or less. Uh, the female Morgan can be the if the if the Avatar marries one of the other females that can't have a child, like Lissa or Marielle or Sumia, they'll have Morgan and that child, uh, and they'll be siblings. But if you're the female avatar, you only there's only one character who'll produce a second child with a female avatar. That's Crom. Although I personally believe that it's the best child, Lucina. So I don't mind.
3: Yeah, my game, I ended up marrying Krom
0: and uh, the avatar together, so that's who I got. Yeah, and uh, personally, it does make this to me. Maybe it's just like you know, maybe it's just my shipping goggles are on too tight because this game is gonna bring out the shipper in you if you aren't already. <laughs> Uh, just like the, the story is ever so slightly enhanced by getting the Avatar and Krah married. Now, were you an emotional shipper or were you a stat shipper where you had a oh, spreadsheet uh, out? Oh, no, no, forget that. I don't care. I'm all for who has the best support conversations or who makes the best sense, like the, to me, makes the best sense in a story based sense. Because I mean, I didn't actually
3: ship very much in this game, and I don't know how because I played it a whole bunch, but I didn't really get through a whole lot of the support conversations. But the ones that I did, I shipped just because I liked their personalities together.
0: it's I I guess I stumbled upon a bunch of really good ones my first playthrough, and then just like okay, I'm gonna I want to get all the support conversations because I want to see which ones I think are the best in terms of like the. Uh about their in terms of personality or in terms of the storyline with the, uh, the support oh, the, the, uh, like the characters. And this game kind of encourages you to sort of make up your own little family storylines. Sort of, it sort of kind of, it almost never comes out except for some of the DLC. Uh, for instance, probably my, like one of my favorite couples. That's also probably one of the strangest is, uh, the dragon girl. No way. She's a monarchy. Like Tiki, who by the way, joins in this game and is 2000, 2000 years old and actually an adult. It looks like an adult anyway. And some other monarchies you meet throughout the series. She can transform into a dragon. She looks like she's at. Le- she looks like she's maybe twelve, if not younger. Though she's a thousand years old. And you can marry any of the characters to her. Any of the male characters to her, which could make you feel uncomfortable, maybe. Just
4: though so let I'd him. argue,
0: I'd argue, mind you, that if you do marry the younger-looking guys, which is uh, mentioned, Donald and Rickon, who is uh, who looks like a little kid, though he's presumably in his teens. That 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 makes. Yeah, R- it's like, it's like, who's is, the child? College- Rickon looks like a like ten. Like, he's I, he, I, he's uh, he's apparently almost of age to marry. I have no idea what that would be in this world, but that just shows. Us, I guess he's fairly young. Just like if, he, if she marries one of the older guys, they look like the pedophile. If she marries one of the younger guys, she is the pedophile. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Well, you
3: know, in medieval times, the life expectancy was what only thirty-five. So
0: well, it's, 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 it's a different like time. Movies. But yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm just laughing, I'm joking here. But if you marry no way with. Uh, there's this priest character. His name is Libra. He's a war monk, and he looks a lot like a woman. So much so that he's voiced by a woman in both Japanese and English. Uh, and really, when, you, when you see him, like at first you think, like, "Oh, is this a woman?" Then you took a double take and you're like, "No, that's a kind of a masculine, vaguely masculine-looking face. It's just the long hair that tricks you, and the hair and the, the voice does it too." I, I got you,
3: halfway through the game before I realized that that was a dude.
0: Like, like, but even like when Krom, really, because when Crom introduces himself, he's just like, "I'm glad to have a woman of the cloth joining." He's like, "I'm," and then Libra goes, "I'm a man." He's like, "Oh, really?" Um... <laughs> I must have missed that
3: conversation then.
0: Okay, but yeah, so but yeah, they, so that's Libra. You can hook them up, and they kind of make they seem like a strange pair—the little girl who turns into a dragon and the if very effeminate monk. But they have this really sweet conversation set uh, where, like, though trying to play with Libra, but Libra. Uh, does, like Libra tries like she sees a scar in his neck and Libra snaps at her, but he explains in his past how he was abandoned by his parents uh, because they thought he because they thought he was possessed by demons, and so she's all distraught you know because he said that because of that he's not very close to people. he doesn't really trust them very much. so no way endeavors to help him find his heart uh, and before the conversation she tries to introduce him to everybody else in the camp and he gets closer to her and he You know, he opens up to other people, and because of that, he falls in love with her, and she reveals that she loves him, and then they presumably get married. Later, they get introduced to their daughter, Na, who is my favorite character in this game, by the way. Uh, I absolutely adore Na. Uh, Na has a very similar childhood to Libra, coincidentally, presumably. Uh, She was also abandoned by her parents, so they had both died during the war. So she had to go with her foster parents, who hated her because she was half monarchyed. And so she also had a very, you know, poor childhood, uh, not very, very socially awkward, uh, and it takes a lot to get close to the characters. So you get this, like, this sort of sad parallel where, uh, like, the, like the, 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 the storylines are pretty similar, and they note this in the DLC. They don't really note this during the main game. You kind of have to make that connection in your own head, but the, the DLC notes that Libra is sorry for Na that, he, that his ver, the version of him had abandoned her unintentionally there, though she doesn't, she doesn't begrudge him to that at all.
2: Oh yes. You can hook the kids up together eventually, get them married. They don't have any kids, but
0: Unless the nah they get... looks
2: even younger than her mom. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> that's... Well, No way looks maybe twelve. Na looks like ten. So... <laughs> but I, 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 yeah, I, well how I, old I, does I... Na look? She looks five. That's what I like. She looks ten to me, but anyway. And that's how we good at judging ages, I guess. Neither am I. But... But yeah, uh, though uh, yeah, yeah, they don't have children of their own. It's just for because when you when you get supports, you also get bonus like stat boosts and and boosts to like uh they also help each other during battle. They can do that. do extra damage or they can like I guess I'm getting into the too mechanics. But uh, the the avatar can marry one of the child units, and that produces a Morgan, a very strong Morgan. I never really care much for it myself though.
1: So back to the characters.
0: Okay, so yeah. Okay, uh, so Sully. Sully, she is the uh, she is the she fancies herself the the bull. She's uh, basically this game's version of Cain uh, Kane from Kane and Abel from the first Fire Emblem, except she's a woman this time. And of course, it's uh, pretty popular to marry her to Stahl, who is like Abel in the first game. But anyway, Sully, she's um. Uh, she's a no-nonsense knight, uh, obviously uh, I grew up as a tomboy, understandably, and uh, she's not against, like, kicking people she doesn't like, especially Varian when they're introduced in the beginning of the game, and uh, she's pretty cool. She's one of my favorite characters. Again, she's pretty cool. Uh, I that's a bunch of other characters I like more, but yeah, she's pretty cool.
1: Raleigh, really, what and, did you think—oh, go ahead.
0: Uh, um, I just think it's funny that she said most people
3: marry her to stall, like, yeah, that's exactly who I married her to.
0: It's, it's it's hard to, te- you know, it's hard to resist attempting. It's obviously like, they're they're Cain and Abel, they're usually guys in the other games, but in this one, they're, you know, a man and a woman, so one, and one of them is Sully has short hair and is somewhat a bit a bit more masculine than you might expect, than at least somewhat more, so it's just it's hard not to resist just tearing them up.
1: Relly, what did you think about Lisa? Lisa.
0: Lisa, uh, which one? I'd right,
1: like to call her Lisa.
0: She's, yeah, she, Crom's oh, younger. If kids.
1: I, if I pronounced her name correctly and not really, she might think I'm just, you know, picking on her.
3: Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought that she was adorable. Just the, the cutest little kid and, you know, was kind of a hothead. Didn't really take any crap from Crom or any of them. But at the same time, you know, she had kind of a big heart and a, just a loving personality. I really liked Lisa and she was a damn
0: good healer. Mm-hmm. And because you could raise good, good magic too if you built her up that way. Uh her child is Owain, who is a really popular character.
3: You can't
1: stop the hand. <laughs> you just you just can't. It's coming for you. It's gotta wield a sword or something. It's it's wielding something.
0: But yeah, uh, actually what's really adorable is with Lisa, like when you support her with Owain, she's like really she's all gushing over him. It's like she barely looks older than Owain, maybe not maybe even younger than him, arguably. And she's all gushing over him, like she, you know, she's a, he's his own child and not somebody from a parallel universe. That's like a future version of their world. It's really adorable to see.
1: I think we talked about Frederick, right?
0: Yeah, we talked about Frederick. Uh, Sully, he's the archer. Yeah, uh, he,
1: yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, oh,
3: he he was another one of my favorite characters. I just loved his kind of prissy little attitude and oh, yeah, yeah. his kind of pseudo French accent.
1: I I yeah, like Fred putting Varian. him with Sully and and. <laughs> You know, because she her attitude pretty much is solely, and just having those two together was pretty funny.
0: Yeah, those are some those are some good conversations. So yeah, Varian is a ladies' man, uh, though a lot of the women don't really like him at first necessarily. Uh, he kind of go- goes on them over time, and although you find even you find out, well, he acts kind of flippant and like a fop, he's actually very serious. Uh, he's the uh, the Duke of a small duke, like a small um, region in the Kingdom of Valm. But he escaped, not because he was a coward, although he, w- he let his people believe that, but because he was afraid that if he were captured, he'd be used as leverage, or the people would fight stronger and would have themselves killed against the stronger Bal- Balmese empire. He didn't want that to happen, so he ran away to protect them. His people don't see that, and at the end of the game, according to the paired ending, usually one of, his wife usually does something to help him against uh, the stigma from his people, thinking that he abandoned them. He went to, uh, to, um, to Elise to get help, in against the, war, against the War with Ball. And a lot of these characters do have, a, like, a deeper side to them. It's Not every one of them, but, it's a lot, but a bunch of them.
2: Although I think I ended up having him pair with Olivia once, which uh, made that, him the, fa- the father of Inigo.
0: Enigo, which makes that... I, I, again, that's one of those extra lines. Like, one thing Varian says is just like... he like as if you inherited only one aspect of my personality, which is the, the whole womanizing thing. I, I paired him up with, pa, with Pan, the, uh, the rabbit girl. Uh, I guess we could go touch on her a little bit. Uh, so Pan, she, yeah, Pan is a Togwell. The Togwell are similar to the Lagus from the from Path of Radiance and Radiant Dawn, in which she's a, a, a beast woman able to transform into a giant rabbit. That sounds goofy, but th- think of, like, a giant version of the rabbits from Watership Down, and you've got Pan. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, she's... these are not... Cute
1: cuddly rabbits.
0: No, no, these things will bite your throat. <laughs> yeah, out.
1: no, in battles she totally kicks ass. Just just rakes you with those hind claws, it's all over.
0: Uh-huh. Hey, rabbits are scary, man. Again, watership down. <laughs> so anyway, she's the she oh, she's she's the last or possibly one of the last Toggle. Uh they these are this is a race never mentioned before in Mars games, and they haven't shown up yet anyway. They are like the lagoose, they're beast people, there are more of them, and there are different types. There are apparently lions and wolves and falcons. <laughs> Now are these local related to the Fox people that were in Fates? Mm, probably not. I mean, they do use okay. Beast Stones, but as far as I can tell, they're not really related. But okay. according to like the art book, the 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 Togwool are descended from the Logues. I'm gonna guess you multiverse shenanigans, and for some reason now they use Beast Stones because the Logues and Path of Radiance had like a meter that built up depending on the damage they took or the damage they inflict, but the Togwul... Use b stones like the Maegans use dragon stones, and those have limited uses. But, but yeah, she's like a proud warrior, waste a proud you know she's a proud warrior. Doesn't take any you know anything from anyone. She takes a while to warm up to humans because she doesn't really like them because they massacred her people. But she wanted to help the uh, the exalts because they helped her people in the past. And uh, she's a pretty you know she's a pretty cool character once she does warm up to somebody. Again, I, I paired up to Barry just because they had some surprisingly funny and touching support conversations. Okay, so and my game just my game's battery. Just we have a me.
1: stall. Uh-oh. Don't worry, I got a full list pulled up. Okay,
2: no, we, we mentioned stall.
1: We mentioned stall. Ariel?
0: Okay, uh, a, little, a little bit more stall is also much more laid back than Sully. Sully is serious. Stall just kind of wants to goof off, and he has a huge appetite. There's not a lot to him, but he's a nice guy.
1: Uh, let, me, let me go in order so I can actually keep yeah, yeah. track of who we talked about. Uh, Vake, or Vike, or
3: Vake. Vike Oh, Vike. I love uh, Vake. <laughs> Vike. a
1: 10. Talk about I
2: remember pairing him with Lissa. actually. That was an interesting pairing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I paired him with chairs. And,
2: so. uh, yes, I believe, um, a it Chicken God on our forums? Uses that, uses a bike line as his signature. Looks like Teach. Just got 10.
0: Yeah, he, he calls himself Teach because he fancies himself a sort of, uh, trainer of sorts. So he's kind of a, a dumb muscle guy. Though his, his dream was to help his impoverished neighborhood. And uh, he's, a, he's a pretty gold, he's, not, he's a kind of a simple, he's kind of like the dumb muscle guy, but he's pretty cool. He reminds me of Knuckles
3: in the new Sonic Boom cartoon, if you've ever seen it. Just a, a big dumb meathead, but has a heart of gold.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's him, that's him. And he's got, he's got some other good pair, like chair she pairs up pretty well with uh, Tharja, I think, and Lyssa. I think I paired him with Cordelia. Cordelia? I don't remember how that went. Most of Cordelia's dealers are pretty decent, except with Frederick, poor guy the poor the, the, that's a different story. And okay, so I guess uh, next character. Muriel. Muriel is uh, sort of the mage version of the like of the scientist who is like, completely disconnected with like, completely socially inept. Uh, she uses big words. Uh, she's always studying something. She doesn't understand everyday things. And this is pretty much her shtick in most of her support conversations. I, I paired her with Kellam because she is a bit more human in those. Uh, she finds herself going attached to him and doesn't want to let go of him because she's afraid of losing him because uh, Kelam has... His shtick is that he, despite being a big guy, he vanishes from sight somehow very easily. And he has to come and remind people, hey, I exist.
1: Nah, it's always funny. Um...
0: But yeah, his and Muriel's conversations are pretty cute in that ass. But otherwise, she's pretty much the whole. Yeah, I don't understand what's going on. Can you explain this minor thing to me?
1: Did we talk about Sumia yet? Did I miss that? Oh uh, yeah.
0: So Sumia is the Peg- This game. One of the Pegasus knights in this game. She is like. Uh, she kind of gets some flack because she's sort of the. She's the quote unquote default. Like she's she's the one that shows up with Crom in the opening of the game, showing their child. So he's she's sort of seen as a default for Crom, especially if the avatar is male and not female. And so she kind of gets some flack from Crom and Robin shippers, which is unshamed because she's actually a pretty neat character on her own. She's kind of a bit of a scatterbrain, but is generally pretty nice and sweet. She's very clumsy, but she tries her best. And if you see her other, she has very limited support conversations for some reason when it comes to marriage. She can only marry uh, the thief Gaius, the dark mage Henry, uh, Frederick, the Avatar, and Crom. But uh, I, I like her very much, and she's also uh, she's voiced by Eden Regal, who also voices Nah, so I I can't hate her.
1: Yeah, pretty sure I had to read Crom. Uh and
0: Gaius, because their their support conversations are pretty funny, yeah. and, uh, and plus their daughter Cynthia just looks just it's so appropriate with that orange hair, just like she she needs to be a ginger. She needs to be a she's a ginger in my mind, Cynthia.
1: <laughs> you mentioned. Uh, uh, Kellum and I really think it's funny because yeah he's 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 a uh, he he's a huge you know paladin knight guy wearing armor on top of his armor made completely of metal and yet never seems to get noticed.
0: Yeah, he vanishes from like, he somehow vanishes from side, He's like he surprises people when he approaches them. He's like I'm right here. Like ah, where I'm you right, come from? I'm right here.
1: We talked I've about been here the whole time. Yeah, we talked about Donald Longue. Uh, Longue.
0: Yeah, he's a. Uh, He's a, a he's a, a sword a swordsman, uh, probably originally from possibly originally from a, a region of Balm called Chanson, which is loosely based on China. Though he initially fights for uh, the uh, country of Regnatherix. He's a he's, he's usually a usual silent quiet guy, but he also he's a gynophobe. He's afraid of women because in his past he had this there was this girl he, he, he was a good friend of his uh, he couldn't protect her from being killed by bandits, I believe. So from then on, he was uh, terrified of being near women, personally afraid of losing them again. And so a lot of his support conversations are warming up to whoever woman is courting, you know, whoever woman is, there, is falling in love with, and you know, overcoming that gynophobia. Though at least in the conversation, support conversations, he's still kind of afraid of everybody but his wife. And if he has a daughter, his daughter. I paired him up with Alyssa because they actually had some really sweet conversations, and it just fits so much with Owain. Uh... Oh, and uh, funny thing, Lonku is voiced by um, Travis Willenham, uh, who is married in real life to Laura Bailey, the voice actor of Lucina. So, and although he also voices um, uh, another, a, late, a child character named Brady, and uh, I'll, I'll touch on that later, but just, just a food for thought there. And there's, uh, and there's another unintentional married pair. Muriel is voiced by Tara Plott. And Rickon is voiced by um, Yuri Lowenthal. They're also married to each other in real life, and you can marry them together, uh, Rickon and Marielle.
1: Uh, Do we talk about
0: Maribel? Maribel, no. All
1: right, Maribel.
0: Uh, Mar- yeah, Maribel is a, she's a noble woman. She's also a healer. She's a troubadour, though, she, so she rides a horse. Uh, she's a pretty good backup healer and can get pretty strong. Uh, she is a, she's, a, she's like a, she's a noble woman who acts kind of stuck up especially to those of the lower classes but she's generally good hearted and wants to be a fair judge to everybody because her her dream is to become a magistrate and she wants to treat both noble people and commoners fairly but she does take a while to warm up to commoners Uh, and I I like her I I like her personally quite a bit Uh, she's she's snarky does her conversations with the avatar especially funny and uh, I, I like a lot of her romantic conversations. I actually paired up with Rickon because uh, early in the game, Rickon goes out to, to rescue to Maribel and I'm a sucker for a rescue romance.
1: Intestable. And plus,
0: she, looked, she doesn't look that much older than Rickon, so I didn't feel awkward pairing him up with her.
1: Well, that's true. That's, uh, yeah, that feels a little less awkward. Yeah,
0: Rickon is kind of like, no way in the opposite. Like, okay, there's not that many women you can pair him up with.
1: <laughs> the, I think we touched on the candy sucking guy's gay guy. slightly.
0: guy a slightly. Yeah, he's a candy loving thief. Uh, his his the way he's he's a recruit is pretty funny. He's there working for the enemy, just trying to sneak sneak in there. But uh, he says that he's he could be convinced to to switch sides and work for Elise. If Krom sweetens the deal, he figured, okay, I'm going to get you money, but he takes out some candy. The guy goes, hey, that's candy. Like, is there more? But he's like, yeah. And then he goes, yeah, I'm going to join you. Just give me that candy. That, uh, is, that is really funny because the ninja in Fates is obsessed with candy too. Uh, that's that's a pur- – like, there's a couple of characters in Fates that are purposely similar to old characters, which I, I actually find really annoying, but that's a different story for another day. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but anyway – we can't handle Fates tonight as
1: well. No, no not tonight. <laughs> yeah. Cordelia?
0: Okay, Uh, Cordelia. She is a quote unquote genius Pegasus Knight. She's a jack of all trades and a master of almost everything. Uh, But she kind of gets annoyed by people calling her a genius. Uh, She's especially because in during the course of the story, uh, her squad of Pegasus Knights gets killed by Plegia, and she's the only survivor because they send her off to warn them. So she has a bit of survivor's guilt to her, and that comes up in some of her support conversations, especially with a male avatar. but uh, she, her other, her, her another major, like, like sort of point to her character is that she is has a uh, unrequited crush on Crom. She cannot marry him, and this is a sticking point of a bunch of conversations, sort of, kinda here and there. Some of them, it's only brought up at the end, where it's just like, I know you have a crush on Crom, but she says, No, I fall in love with you. Like, Crom doesn't matter to me anymore, and that's really sweet to see. Uh, I like her with Gregor because in there, he tries to get, he tries to like play matchmaker between her like how it helps Cordelia to get crom although that's kind of weird because at the point i paired them up crom was already married to my avatar so eh. but anyway presumably the game doesn't, doesn't register that uh, but at the course of that Cordelia realizes that she's actually in love with gregor and you know Krom never, he never gave her the time of day uh and uh but yeah she's that's you know she, uh, she's also best friends with sumia which is kind of weird because in this conversation she always chastises sumia but in the uh, some of the DLC, you actually get to see like that their actual friendship in action, and not where it's just like you know, oh, you know, stop being so flighty and such.
1: Uh, did we talk about Gregor?
0: Uh, yes, we did talk yes, about Gregor. Did. All
1: right, now Noe. Yes, we.
0: No-ey. we, we, talk about
1: we No-ey. talked about Noe. We talked about Noe. Okay. How about uh, L- Le- oh, No, no, no. In order, in order, because okay. we're gonna okay. Libra, Libra.
0: Yes, we talked about Libra. Yes, talked okay,
1: about and I know we talked about Tarja. I remember that one. We talked about Anna, Olivia.
0: Uh lately, but I guess I mentioned her really. again. She is a shy she's a shy dancer from Regna Ferox. Uh, that's her you know, she's uh she does like to perform, but she's also really shy about being in public. Uh, there's not an awful lot to her, but you know, she's not a bad person. And and I really like her son and ego. Uh, Uh, did we talk about henry at all henry
1: we we, we're coming okay when we get down with this list we will have talked about everybody okay unless unless wikipedia is completely wrong uh kirsch karsh i think
0: i think it's pronounced sure 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 i think it's pronounced so she's a wyvern rider who kind of looks like she's dressed as a maid in armor uh she absolutely loves her wyvern her wyvern is named minerva she can she talks to it and uh but uh, she but she that yeah that a lot of these characters is this, this strong stick and their personality more of their personality comes out or a backstory in the support conversations uh trying to think of what else her personality does not revolve but she's she's fairly no nonsense uh pretty knowledgeable generally a nice person but uh you know don't get it don't cross her and don't get and don't do anything to her wyvern
1: did we talk about henry
0: Okay, so Henry, he is the other dark mage that can join. He's the kind of the opposite of Tharja, in which he's happy. he's he's happy-go-lucky, always smiling. The happy
1: dark mage.
0: Yeah, he's a happy, but he also he likes blood. He likes gory things, and he likes playing these weird pranks. He likes crows. Uh, he's yeah. He's actually the he's a big departure because the localization changed his personality a lot compared to the Japanese version, where he was more of a sort of a stefford smiler, like he smiled all the time, was happy, but he hid a, like a dark past. Here he's just like he's generally just happy-go-lucky and kind of crazy, and I kind of I think it makes him funnier though. He's really funny.
2: Yeah, you can definitely call him psychotic in certain yeah. instances of his yeah.
1: yeah, but I mean, whereas uh, Tarja totally looks kind of the dark mage part, the gothic look and everything like that, and kind of comes across creepy. I, I don't know. Henry was just funny to me.
0: Yeah. That's why I like to <laughs> pair them up. It's like opposite you know, the, the whole opposite attract thing. Opposites, it's not really yeah. romantic not really romantic, but it's funny. So it's like it's the only pair up I like because they're funny.
1: There you go. Uh Seiri.
0: Uh Seiri is a story-important character. She's a princess from a a region of the Valmese Empire called Chonson. Uh she's trying you know, she's part of the resistance against uh, the the Emperor of Valm, Valart, and uh, she's 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 no nonsense she's very honorable but you don't even though she's there in a the story a lot you don't really know much about her personality unfortunately like i, I feel mm-hmm. like i'm having a hard time explaining her much but um she's cool and she's got an actress i kind of wished was in more because she her has a good range because her actress uh, also voiced cynthia who has a very different sounding voice from sayri i'd like to hear more things
1: in the tiki 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 room
0: Tiki. In the Tiki
1: Tiki 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 room.
0: Yeah, we mentioned her lightly. She is the grown-up version of Tiki, who showed up as a as a young girl in uh, the first, you know, Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon, the the Fire Emblem Mystery of the Emblem, and she also shows up as a little girl in uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions. As opposed to her older version, uh, she is, you know, she, what can I say about her personality? She's anybody. <laughs> She's pretty much everywhere yeah she's, she's like she's wise and uh although she's kind of got a funny side to her because she could support with anna and anna tries to like pull the wool tries to trick her into doing something and then she threatens anna by eating threatening to eat her if she doesn't stop doing what she's doing so she's got to kind of be like a dark humor side to her too
1: and speaking of dark Vasilio because he's Stun- dark skinned
0: Vasilio, he is one of the rulers of regnaferix because they have two cons, the East Con and the West Con. I can't remember which one he is. Uh, he's a boisterous guy, important uh, to the story, but can only marry the Avatar. He can't even pair up with Flavia, despite the fact that they have a weird sort of love-hate relationship thing going on. He can't reach a rank. He can reach a rank with her though. And uh, yeah, he has a. He seems. To, he seems to die during the course of the story. It was just a trick all along. Mm, I don't know what else to say to him, about him really. Kind of cool guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. They've played them quite interesting. Uh, Flavia speaking. Flavia.
0: Of. She has more of a personality, and I like her. Yeah. Uh, she's the other. She's the other con. She's actually the one that Crom uh, and Party go to to try to help them in the, uh, in, the in the invasion of Pleat with Plejia's invasion and again in the war against Regna Ferox. Uh, she's uh she's known also, but she also's got a humorous side to her. Uh, she's pretty serious, uh, but knows when a good joke. And I I really like her support conversations with the female avatar. Because uh, she seems like she's hitting on her. And then at the end, she's, the avatar still has no idea if she's hitting on her or not.
1: And that covers all of the uh, the adults. That moves us on to uh, the children characters. Uh, Lucina.
0: Lucina. So
1: we mentioned she, her. We mentioned yeah, her. Did do we, do we talk about her in depth?
0: No, but I, I could, Yeah, we can talk about her in depth. Because she's actually a fairly deep character. Which is yeah. maybe not that surprising. Because she's pretty important to the story. And has a lot of support conversations. So, uh, so she's the very serious, you know, child from the future. She tries her best to, like, you know, she tries her best to save the world. But it's always it's hard on herself thinking she's not doing enough, or she's not doing enough to live up to her to her ancestors' legacy, or to her or her father's legacy. Uh, because she presumably grew up in that, you know, dark world, she has a she has she has how do I put this? She takes things too seriously to the point of hilarity, and she has a very strange kind of dark sense of humor. Uh, but uh, you get all sorts of hinters and conversations. She does miss her parents greatly and just loves the fact that she's with them again, even though they're not really her parents. They're just parallel universe clones of them, basically. Uh, she, uh, for that the sort of taking things seriously apart, um, definitely my, my favorite uh, line in this game comes in the support conversation she's had with Brady, one of the other characters. And mind you, again, all actors are married to each other in real life. Uh Brady is uh kind has stiff shoulders and she says that she's a pretty good masseuse and wants to help him by giving him a massage. He's uh, kind of weirded out to try to get away, so she like she pins him to the floor and says, Now submit, give your body over to me and he's like, Stop saying things where people can hear you mm-hmm. it's just it's unintentionally hilarious and I love Lucina. She's pri she's my second favorite character in this game and in Fire Emblem in general. I adore her. Uh,
3: I, I I'm I'm in love with Lucina. She's She's one of the Amiibos that I had to get when they released uh, her Amiibo. And I just adore her design and everything about her.
0: Yep. And I, I'm, actually kind of a, it's, I'm actually kind of sad that in, like, in, uh, in Fire Emblem Warriors and other recent incarnations, they had to replace Laura Bailey with, I think, Alexis Tipton. Because Laura Bailey is just a fantastic fit for her. It's a shame that, I, I don't know, it could just be a temporary thing, I don't know. But kind of sad that the later incarnations don't have Laura Bailey back. Yeah, I, I, my favorite pair up with Lucina is actually um, Inigo, because of their contrasting personalities. Inigo is like the the sort of the lady man, the ladies man who is not very good at it at all. He's always turned down, but he doesn't actually hit on her in their support conversations. He's trying to get her to smile because she's a very dour personality. Uh, at first she snaps at him, but you see hints that, new, that Inigo does have like a deeper side to him. And she warms up to him more and does fall in love with him. Uh, and and their like their their end their 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 paired ending is really really sweet. Uh, it says that the two of them their their home of the moment is always filled with laughter and joy. And to me, they're just like you know, at at last they're together. And you know those two can really be happy because Lucina really needs all the happiness she can get. It's especially weird because um, uh, Lucina and Anigo can be siblings if Crom marries Olivia. And to me, that's just awkward. <laughs> But again, some people do like more male Morgan and Lucina as a couple instead of brother and sister. So I imagine, I guess that's how they must feel.
1: See, I spent I spent my time usually pairing up the kids with the with their parents, because and going through those conversations that way. Since for the most part, the parents were already maxed out in support, whatever's anyways, and it seemed to be cool just to see you know them go back and forth. So I didn't even think about you know it didn't even occur to me to start pairing them off with each other oh. to see if there could be like romantic or whatever
0: well I did that because I was just curious Like, is there a third generation just like oh no no it, it just stops there but I actually prefer the, uh, the, the second generation romances to the first generation romances personally that's just me
3: uh, I, think real- I think a third generation sorry I think a third generation would have been way too hard to program <laughs> probably <laughs>
2: There's a lot of support conversations. Yeah, they would have been pretty much unstoppable gods in battle, right?
0: Oh, yeah. The, and never mind the fact that, like, the, the story has to completely ignore the fact that they would exist. Just like, well, okay, now what justification do we have here? Uh, okay, so, yeah, the, I guess the next child, next child unit, we, so I guess we're done with Lucina. We okay. talked
1: Lucina. We, we talked a little bit about Owen.
0: Okay, so, oh, yeah, a little bit, but Owen, uh, he loves to quote uh, past fire emblems or mention them in his conversations uh, he, talk, he, you know, he talks about uh, Ike and um, and th- the things from the uh, later games. He even references uh, Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword in one of the DLCs, which is pretty funny.
1: Yeah, he's, he's a hilarious character. Uh, super funny. And I'm glad that they chose him for uh, uh, Fire Emblem Warriors as one of those characters there, because it's just, it's fun seeing him jump in.
0: Yeah, he's pretty, Yeah, he's very funny, very boisterous. He does, like, a lot of the children have, like, a hidden, like, you know, sadder side to him, because they all saw their parents die. So that's a lot, that's a lot in a lot of the children's minds. Like, how they cope with it is often what makes up their personality, and it's rather interesting. But he's pretty, but yeah, he's pretty cool. He's pretty funny.
1: Inigo. And I
2: can, and I can never forget the line, my sword hand twitches.
0: <laughs> yeah. hand hungers! Yeah. Oh.
1: Uh, Inigo.
0: An ego. We touched on you the model, yeah. already. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, uh, about okay about Brady. Right. in order, Brady.
0: Brady. He is the. He's a priest. Uh, he's the. He's actually the son of Maribel, and this shocks her to no end, uh, because he doesn't look like it at all. He looks like a thug with a scar over his eye. Yeah. Uh, they, yeah. They do warm up eventually. He's uh. He's kind of a wimp, although he's mad. He's very powerful magically, since Maribel is his mother, and if you pair him up, pair her up with another mage, you can get a really powerful Brady. That way, but he's mostly the healer. He's, he's. he's kind of weak, but he's a, you know, he's a pretty good guy with a hard face who tries. You, he tries his best despite his limitations. I still and, remember
2: his mother finding his speech patterns very difficult to accept.
0: Yeah, she's just like, well, how did you learn to talk like that? And he's, you know, he. I think he said it's like it's because he spent a lot of time in an orphanage with a bunch of poor children, as well. And she, and yeah, but she does accept it for who he is eventually at the end of their conversations. And oh, this is a, a kind of a funny thing uh, with um. Brady's conversation with his father involves them having like him serving him tea and having a tea time. If you pair up Maribel with Rickon, Rickon says like I've never had a tea time in my life. When Rickon and Maribel's support conversations all involve them having tea time, and funnier still in the dlc if rickin is married to maribel and he talks to the brady in the future past he brings him tea and says this is the tea we had every day during tea time it's just like okay which is it Rickon? did you have a tea time or did you not have a regular tea time
1: it's all about the tea <laughs> uh boy there's so many jokes in here k jelly
0: <laughs> uh i think her name is chel
1: <laughs> <I think laughs> no no it's k jelly it's totally there's it's just not a not y ma- but it is k jelly believe it's
0: has... Yeah, it's Swedish, I think. It's shell. Because it's I think loosely I think it's like a word for what is it, pot or something? I'm not really sure. Something like that. She's the daughter of Sully and she bare like I've never really liked her all the, I I don't dislike her. I don't like I don't dislike any of them, but I don't entirely like her either. She gets more of a more of a humanizing personality, more of a two D personality. In the uh, DLC support conversations, but otherwise she's all like I you know uh, so by getting stronger getting tougher and blowing off everybody else because they're weaklings and she only admires the strong yeah again I, I, I don't really care for all that much again she does get a little bit more humanized uh, in the DLC so that kind of saves her a little it's one of the Sim. few kids that I ended up with
3: hmm I oh. didn't use it I didn't use it very much in battle though.
0: Now, the, all the children's characters can be really, really strong because they're second generation. Mm-hmm. The only way to get a bad one is if, you're, if you somehow don't get Krom married to any of the uh, potential wives, or they all have like the same amount of support conversations, and he's married some random NPC, and Lucina's stats are identical to Crom's. So that's the only one to get a bad one. Although I guess if you pair Olivia and Gregor, you have an Inigo that doesn't have any extra classes, so that's kind of funny. Cynthia... Cynthia, I love her. She's my. She's I don't know. I can't. I don't know how she ranks exactly, but she, maybe she's my third favorite character in this game. She's kind of the bubbly, kind of an airhead, but she's very earnest, uh, very honest, uh, and she's really funny. And like, I, I, like she seems like the type that should be annoying, but I just adore her. Uh, she's comedy gold, and again, she just she's so she's so fitting as a ginger. I just can't imagine marrying Samia to anybody else but but Gaius. Hmm
1: uh severa
0: severa is the daughter of cordelia she has a severe inferiority complex because her mother was so seemingly perfect uh she is a classic tsundere which is an anime trope characteristic in which she kind of acts like a jerk most of the time but does soften up here and there and that goes into a lot of her support conversations both romantic and non-romantic um she's i don't again i don't love her but she's not a bad character and i do like her with owain personally. Like, that last conversation, the S rank is just really sweet. Hmm.
1: Uh, Jerome.
0: Jerome is a jerk who, fit, who does, he doesn't th- who doesn't think they should be there. He doesn't think they should interfere with the past. Uh, he's very serious, very dour. Uh, he does soften up a bit in some of his four conversations, especially with Cynthia's. I just kind of love that dynamic of, you know, here's the dour guy, and here's the cheery person trying to you know, kind of, sort of, almost like a almost like a, a sort of um what's the term i'm looking for uh, uh what's that uh, that uh, that term drat come on uh anyway but so but he, because but even though he's there he doesn't think they should be there he does fight anyway he's a good guy at heart he's just too serious just overly dour too serious and he can soften up a little depending on who you pair up
1: with and we talked a bit about morgan right
0: yeah, Morgan. I guess we didn't touch on their personality much. Uh, they are uh, so Morgan is uh, She looks very- up to my she looks up to me. And she looks up to me. Oh, he <laughs> looks up to me. <laughs> so Morgan can be male or female, the opposite of the Avatar. Uh, as I mentioned, he can they can be the sibling to pretty much everybody else depending on the gender and depending on who the avatar marries. They are very smart, but also kind of scatterbrained, kind of a big kind of a giant dork but they're really cute uh the male morgan is more of a sweetheart very nice very kind the female morgan has this mischievous streak to her so i don't like her as much as her male counterpart and oh morgan and na just make the cutest couple ever i swear
1: the uh and mine turns into a rabbit for the record so go rabbit morgan
0: yeah i'll take my prince morgan
1: (laughs) uh yarn
0: Yarn. He's the son of the Togwool Pan. He's also a Togwool, and he is a scaredy cat, scaredy rabbit, whatever. Because he is the last of his kind. And he is not only terrified of dying because he's the last, he's afraid that he's going to disappoint his ancestors and everybody else in the world for letting himself get killed. He tries to avoid battle, and a lot of conversations have him trying to get him to toughen up a little.
1: Hmm. And? uh, Laurent. Lawrence sore. is
0: the son of Muriel and not nearly as funny. He's kind of, he's serious. And although he, he although so one of the DLCs with Owain has him kind of like going a little crazy, like, like going a little too serious, like his mo- mother into it gets like comically serious and even says maybe we should op- Maybe we should uh, take a look at your brain to see what it's like because he thinks he's, his mind opens up into like the vastness of the universe and Owen gets freaked out and runs away.
1: Uh, Noar.
0: Noar is the daughter of Tharja. Uh very seemingly very very weak very uh weak willed, kind of a wimp. Uh she's very soft spoken, but she also goes into these strange manias when she clutches this charm. Although we find out that the charm doesn't really do anything, it's just a part of the personality. She goes she gets she gets loud, she's like blood and thunder and starts yelling at people to get more to psych herself up more. So uh, she
3: turns uh, into a wow orc. <laughs> I think I heard that <laughs> somewhere.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I, it's like, I heard that somewhere. I, I, I know nice stuff about WoW, so... so she had, to, she had to have
2: some influence from her mother somewhere.
0: Yeah, exactly, so... And, uh... And, uh, she's, you know, she's kind of cool. Nah. Nah, as I mentioned, my favorite character in this entire game, and in Fire Emblem in general, uh, there's a surprising depth to her, a lot of layers. It, of course, you have to find out, for conversations... Uh she I I mentioned like she's has she had a lonely childhood because her both her parents died and she had to grow up in a foster home that they didn't like her. Because of that, it's implied that she never really grew up with the other children. So they're almost strangers to her. She takes a long time to warm up to them. Uh she can befriend Cynthia. She befriends Lucina in the DLC. And uh again, she's like she wants to be, she wants to act more grown up because she had to basically be a friend for herself. much of that? She's annoyed by her mother, but uh, she is awed by her. when she finds out that Nah, like no way, despite acting childish, has a more serious, wise side to her that she likes to hide because she likes to She likes to cheer people, up, other people up. And uh, Nah is, at least the like. And I like when she warms up to other people. She's normally kind of snappish to people, but uh, she warms up to Cynthia when she realizes she just wants to be friends. Uh, she's got this great rapport with with Morgan because they're. Uh, because he's this pretty sweet guy and uh, they have the, the sweet, the really most adorable support conversation, I swear. But she also has this weird side to her that makes me wonder if there's like like a second writer that had no idea what to do with her. And went through this creepy angle with her where she's like, she's obsessed with some of, she gets this crazy obsessed part with some of her romantic conversations. She threatens to eat in the Inigo if he doesn't, you know, start dating her. He, uh, she gets a little too obsessed with Brady, too obsessed with Jerome. So it's like, where did this come from? The I love you. Where did this come from? So I kind of ignore it because you know she's really a cool character. Otherwise, it's just this weird streak to her. And she can have a normal relationship. She has a normal relationship with An with not an ego. Oh dear God, no. With Oh uh, with Wayne, uh, she hasn't with Yarn. And again, Morgan, really sweet, absolutely sweet. Naga herself approves of them. Seriously, she does. It's a important conversation. And she looks cute as a blonde.
1: Did you get Nah, uh, rally?
3: I don't think I did. Like I said, I didn't do many of the support conversations in this game like I did with Fates. With Fates, I went nuts. With this one, I... I don't know why I skipped out on it. I think I just... Ah. I was I was playing the game so much that I wanted to see more of the battles and not so much the
0: support stuff. Well, and uh, Kind of the opposite with that. that with, to me, like, Fates, I wanted the battles. I, I mean, I tried. I get as much conversation as I can, but I haven't yet gone back to complete them. Like, with Awakening, I spent like a year, I think, getting all the support conversations, despite how similar they are to each other. I mean, I'm actually thinking about playing through the game again, like if there's a game drought
3: or something, just to kind of... Play through a lot more sport.
1: Do do we want to talk about the spot pass characters?
0: Uh, well, I touch about them a little. They're the ones that seemingly die during a story, but they come back. But they're barely acknowledged as existing there. You get King Gangrel, who uh, survives and joins a pirate gang and is forced to join. Uh, is made to join the army to sort to, to get back. At a station, uh, you have Ballart, which is the Emperor of Balm, who somehow survives and is with a bunch of risen. Uh, you, Anna is one of the, I believe Anna is one of the spot spot pass characters. Am I thinking? No, no, she's not. She's not. Uh, oh, no, the ladder, says, it says it says
1: it oh, says. uh Pri- Gam- Priam.
0: get Priam. Priam is a weird secret character. I could I I almost thought for sure he was like he was going to be in like the next Fire Emblem, but that didn't end up happening. Priam is supposedly the descendant of Ike from the uh from the Path of Radiance games, and he says that he comes from another world, and that's the. The proof there that the Path of the Path of and Radiant Dawn's tellius Games exists in a parallel universe to Marv's games, and this probably applies to the other games, so they never go into that—at least not yet. And he, um, honestly, he's just a louder version of Ike, and there's really not much to him. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well. And yeah, we mentioned Aver- I guess Aversa. She's the yeah. She worked for she worked for the the Grim Leal who are the, the the cult that worships Grima, that Baladar is the leader of. Uh, you find out when you recruit her that she was actually brainwashed as a child by Validar because she had immense magic. Uh, he actually went in there and killed her village and brainwashed her to have her work for him. And then she's so distraught by this, but once her mind is cleared and, and her battle is finished, she decides to join him to get revenge. So that's kind of a, that, that's a bit ne- a beaten into a personality from just being the sort of the, the, you know, the, the hench woman to Validar.
1: There you go. So, wow. So that was a lot of characters. But uh, that's that's there are a lot in the game. Holy cow. Lots of support conversations to be had.
0: And as, we implied, the... all, yeah, as we implied in all in all this, like they a lot of them have like a strong shtick, but most of them have like a deeper side to them you have to uncover through the support conversations or other conversations. Not all of them, some of them are a little more, you know, flat flatter than others, but a lot of them are actually fairly interesting, fairly fairly depth, which you can only bring out through the support conversation, which is pretty much Fire Emblem's MO in general.
2: Well, and, I, I, felt,
0: I, I definitely feel like I would like,
2: to, I would like to mention that getting the support conversations is much easier here than it was in the GBA oh,
0: title. It, 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 oh, it yeah, remains, and thankfully it remains that easily. Thank God, it's still yeah. that that easy now. It's and I, I, hey, I remember having
2: back. to sit there and just walk and just wait for turns to pass in the GBA games in order to. Path of Radiance was up. a
0: bit easier, at least because there they just had to be in the same battle; they didn't have to be next to each other. But it was still had that annoying—you could only get like five support so you can only see like one maxed out and maybe one other character and then that one other character up to B rank and that's it. But that's yep. all gone here. You can max out everybody if you had the time and the patience. We can do yeah.
2: one F rank each,
0: but Yeah yeah but, every, but yeah, because yeah, that has to be once per, per save file or if you're or if you were like quick and you did like quick saves here and there and support to other files so you can keep I did that for like a year to fill out the support conversations just because I like them that much. I I have Six hundred eighty-eight hours, according to my three DS, clocked in on on Awakening. Wow! And that's
2: why. Wow! Only I think Pokemon I think white.
1: comfortably
0: topped us. Yeah, only Pokemon yeah. White tops that at like over nine hundred hours. Only Pokemon. i going so i say.
1: I don't think I spent nine hundred hours in Wow, uh, and I was on that for a long time.
3: My I, highest. I think, say, my ahead. highest game is Animal Crossing at like one hundred ninety-nine. And I'm Cassandra's still
0: trying to top that, yeah, oh, you're such a noob on a, <laughs> a couple of years on that
1: Cassandra says you're a noob.
0: <laughs> I didn't say that uh, no. yeah
1: she <laughs> I, totally I'm said saying, that
0: I'm crazy and I'm, I'm crazy and obsessed that's
1: what uh i you know for for you know like like y'all said i it much easier to do the support conversations here, and for me personally, this was. A main draw of the game unexpectedly so diving into it i just bought it because it was getting good reviews it was a new fire emblem game and i've enjoyed games of the past uh, uh but uh didn't realize that i was going to enjoy these support conversations so much i'd want to go through some more battles put people different people together just to see what they were going to say to each other afterwards uh just all these different combinations and, and some of these were ma- put a smile on my face or make oh, me yeah. laugh maybe learn more about the characters just very well written very well done yeah.
0: There's a lot of conversations. A lot of them are similar. Not all of them are good, uh, but a lot of them, but a lot of them are good. Some of them are fantastic. And like the game itself, like the story is kind of lacking. The 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 uh, the mechanics, I guess, we we'll get to later, are not like the bat like the battle systems itself is not quite a- like the the uh, battles are not quite as fun as they could be, but. The support conversation that had me keep going back because I just wanted to see everything. I wanted to interact more with these characters. I wanted to see what else happened. That's why I spent money on the DLC, just to get more conversations with these characters.
1: Um, absolutely. So uh, I want to go ahead and take a, a break right here. Uh, we could go on and on. Uh, but we still have to talk about so much more regarding the mechanics and the combat and the maps and everything else. We haven't even started the final lap yet, so uh, we're going to take a break right here, we'll be right back. every turn with some more main event stuff ready to dive into fire emblems combat mechanics because, you know, Fire Emblem is a tactical RPG and for some odd reason you've been living under a rock or you didn't have a portable gaming device and you didn't have a Wii and you didn't pick up any Fire Emblem games. Well, let's tell you, it's it's a tactical RPG, set, usually set on maps with terrain and obstacles and lots of enemies and weapon triangles and a whole lot else. So let's dive into it because this is some deep, deep shiz.
0: You mean it's not a dating sim waifu simulator?
1: Well, you know, it really is that at the end of the day. But somewhere in there, we have to fight some people, and we have to have some mechanics to support that. And uh, yeah, I'm we a,
2: have to fight a whole lot of reason zombies uh, too. I I, I kind of feel I don't think like kind of people anymore.
1: I kind of feel. I mean, for 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 me and my money, I kind of felt like at some point during the game, I don't know if it was like halfway through. Uh, put, you know, for the most part, I found that either my characters were really over over leveled and just overpowered or there was a few characters that were just very vulnerable and would die quickly and i felt like my strategy mattered less and less and and just whether or not my characters were leveled up is what really mattered and so at that point it really did become a a, a dating sim for me i just played (laughs) it for the dating sim but uh but but there are combat mechanics there there's some crunchy crunchy so let's talk about that
3: well, um, One of the things that sold me on this game, hearing about people talk about the Japanese version, was the fact that it actually has a casual or that it's the first one that we got in the US that had a casual mode and what that means is that there's no permadeath in, this, in the game and I know that the series up until this point, that was kind of the main feature of Fire Emblem was the permadeath and when I tried to play the GBA titles I got completely turned off by that it got It was very frustrating for me having to constantly reload saves. So when I heard that there wasn't permadeath and I was told that it was, you know, without the permadeath it's straight up shining force I was like, sign me the hell up. I
1: couldn't uh, agree more. Uh, I played a number of the uh, the Game Boy Advance games and it was just like – especially as I would be very careful because you knew if someone died, it was it was permanent unless, of course, you reloaded from the very beginning of the map, which could take you back 20, 30, 40 minutes. And so um, – uh, I
2: don't know, Phil. Some of those late maps can take over an hour. Oh, good lord. <laughs> yeah,
1: you're right. Look, and and no, it was no, – for me, sorry. it was just like I'm not going to let – speaking of support conversations and such – I, you know, I'm not gonna let someone die and then possibly miss some juicy conversations down the road or some dude I just leveled up. I mean, what if that gives me so that in a later battle. Uh, you know I'm not, I'm not going to be you know have enough party members or have the right party members to succeed which would be more hours lost and my time is valuable so yes I would get especially when I felt some of the, the deaths were cheap in some of those like with maps with fog of war and stuff where some freaking knight with your weapon opposite would just come out of the fog and slice down your poor dude in one hit and you're oh, like
3: those, chests. those deaths are so cheap Oh, even in this game, the deaths cheap because the the map where you get one of the Pegasus Knights, if you don't get her out of the way immediately, the first thing that happens is an archer t- can take can take her down with one hit, and that happened. And I'm like, well, oh, I'm glad the permadeath is off on this because my DS would be in a wall right now.
1: Exactly. Uh, so and I played a t- I played a ton
2: of earlier Fire Emblem games. I dealt with permadeath in all of them, and I just said. I don't need to deal with it in this game since you're not taking me.
0: Yeah, and as yeah, and as someone who likes the permadeath, as someone who like feels it adds to the challenge, and makes Fire Emblem unique. I am glad for casual because so many more people have gotten into the series because of it. Yeah, I uh, I don't care. It's not like they made it that we, I had to unlock classic or that. You had to play only casual. It's an option, and I'm glad it's there. Plus, when I'm getting all those conversations, I don't want to deal with restarting my game by accident. I'm just gonna blaze through the games so I can see those conversations.
1: It, it kind of amazed me some of the the rage on the internet about you know, you're taken away from the identity of Fire Emblem. When it was it it is an option. You can choose it, and it will flag your game. Like, on the save file, it will show clearly whether you played it in whatever deadly mode or or casual mode. Yeah, classic. There you go. So, I mean, it shows you.
2: You can can play classic Lunatic to start with, and have fun
1: with that. Yeah, God bless your heart, and bragging rights will be yours. Uh, I don't. Did you get anything else, by the way, for playing classic mode? Is there any sort of perk, or since the uh, 3DS doesn't really have an achievement system, I don't think. No,
0: it's just purely for your, you know, your sense of challenge. Yeah, God bless your heart.
1: So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it really is still there, but I, I totally agree with you. Not only did I enjoy it more, but you're right that it is credited as being one of the biggest reasons why this opened up to a much bigger audience and ensured that this series would continue. So Mm -hmm. very smart decision on their part. Um, Uh,
0: and yes, we do know this started with uh, the with the remake of the third game with New Mystery of the Emblem, but of course this is the first one to come over here with it, so that's this is the game that gets the credit.
1: Just as a as a quick aside, that whole you know, so we got the weapon triangle, right? We should talk. Let's talk about that real quick. Okay. It's pretty simple, it's pretty straightforward, but uh, I'm sure Cassandra will probably say it without making a mistake. If I say it, I'm probably going to screw up one first of the weaknesses. Axes, axes beat lances. Lances beat swords.
0: Do like. And by the way, there's no uh, magic triangle in this game.
1: No so, magic yeah. triangle. Uh, no, and no arrows magis. beat Pegasus's. Pegasus. Is Pegasus flying,
0: flying units?
1: Flying units. Um, and and what's really funny is if you play uh, just as a quick aside, fire, fire, emblem uh, warriors. Uh, the Dynasty Warriors meets Fire Emblem dudes. Let me tell you something, boys and girls. That triangle is alive and well because my Pegasus character, who I wasn't paying attention to because the computer's controlling, like, three of your characters while you're controlling one. You flip back and forth three and whatever you want. But I took my eye off the ball for just a minute and suddenly got the message... Sunshine has died, and since she was a critical mission character, that's a game over. Uh, you know, yeah. So you gotta, yeah. Those, those, those weapons triangles are very important in these games. Unless, of course, you're just over leveled, and well,
0: yeah, and that yeah, and you're just gonna, you know, you're just gonna, you know, beat their heads in anyway. So yeah,
1: yeah, it's gr- it's good stuff. Uh, so. Um, uh, let's talk about. That's something else you can do in this game. That you can just
2: you get items to let you call up random battles whenever you want, and you can just kill Risen and the cows come home. And you are not limited to the number of enemies on the map.
0: And right. if you are willing to spend a little extra money, you can get special leveling DLC or any other DLC with extra maps and just replay those over and over again.
1: And so that also helps with the. With and then the... you can
0: re- then you can change your characters back. Class change them back to level
2: one. And their stats can keep growing. You can keep class changing them over and over if you so see fit until they have maxed up pretty much everything.
0: And they get every skill that's possibly available to them and know those extra classes. This makes the children characters especially overpowered since they have access to more classes, understandably. And the Morgans can be especially bad because they have access to pretty much every class that's available for their gender.
1: Ah, oh, yeah, good stuff. Uh, and uh, so, so this is another way that fire emblem gives you uh the player more control over the difficulty through the good old-fashioned rpg mechanic of you always have the option of going out and grinding and, and getting better whatever items or rebirth or whatever so you can you know out level or outpower the enemies around you if you're running into issues there um what about the uh, pair up system was that new to this game or did we see that earlier
0: I mean, you, you, you did have it nice. where you kind of it's mostly new in older games uh, for like the support system. You had, you know, st- boosts to your stats if you were next to a character that a person w- was supported with. But this is the first time where they would actually fight side by side and help each other out doing extra damage or taking or like blocking damage for a character. And it's really overpowered in this game. Oh, it is. It is so OP. You have no reason whatsoever not to pair up the
3: characters. What? That's how OP it is. Yes. But, and but, none but, the, but none of but, your wait. enemies
0: can do it either. None of your but, enemies can but, do but it either. But wait,
1: wait, wait, wait. If I pair them up, and let's say I had ten characters and I pair it up, I only have five on the battlefield, am I only getting half as many turns? Nope. I mean, Not half as, as many actions? I mean, right? Not Why is that? Why is that?
0: Uh, there's a couple of reasons for that. One, again, the, uh, your, the supporting character can go in there and um, can attack uh, alongside them, and they get experience points that way. Uh, it's pretty easy to like switch the character so that the other one one that was in back of supporting it is now in front. There is a special ability that's really broken called Gale Force, where a character gets an extra turn to attack and move after beating a character. It's a lot like um, what some of the knights can do in some of the earlier games, uh, and that allows them to you know you can you can attack one with one character, you get the Gale Force, switch. Go with the character that also has Gale Force, beat another enemy, Gale Force, and then you get just a lot of the experience experience points that way.
1: It is it is pretty insane. I mean, when so when I first started playing. Uh, you know, mathematically, I'm going, wait, 10 divided by 2 is 5. I've only got 5 attacks around. And when you're first starting out in the relationships or down in the C ranks or whatever, yeah. uh, there isn't much benefit. But as they grow and they get up to A or heaven forbid S, yeah, you're absolutely right. The double attacks, their friends will jump in, their friends will take hits for them. Uh, Though they automatically give each other a percentage or whatever it is yeah. extra attack and defense, it quickly, you know, adds up to the point where, yeah, no, it, it totally. Uh, it totally makes sense to do that yeah so.
0: I mean as I understand it it helps it does help in like harder difficulties although depending on who you ask apparently lunatic and lunatic plus are like lunatic plus is apparently stupidly unbalanced according to people I've never I never touched it so
1: uh, you'd have to be a also, lunatic
0: yeah there's all a, a lunatic plus nonetheless yeah <laughs> uh, there's also a special map called um, a, I think it's called Apoptheosis, where's like the, it's the hardest challenge in the game and you pretty much need para for that. You absolutely need it. I, I never fought it just because it I don't I, I I don't see the point. There's no story related to it. It's just here's a really super powerful Anna, try and beat her. Mm-hmm. And you know, for some
3: reason if you, you just don't wanna pair up your characters, if you have them adjacent to each other, they'll also step in and take hits and do support hits and stuff too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah.
0: that
1: too. And so there's a little bit of stress. Definitely some strategy and whether you just want to have them standing next to each other or you want to have them cover for each other, which, by the way, or when you have them paired up, is a great way to level up some of the characters. Yeah. Just going to put that yeah. out there, Donnie. Just saying. Yeah, for, just, yeah, for
0: Donald or the child characters when they first join because they're a low level. That, you pretty much need that.
1: Stay back there, Donnie. I'll handle this. It's okay. Uh, just absorb the XP, buddy. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, let's see, we talked about pairing. out, we talked about
0: weapons triangle.
1: What's the purpose of, 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 magic? Why would you want to be a magician? Lots there's... of
0: enemies have, lots of enemies have low resistance. Uh, that's about it.
1: Yeah, so your high defense enemies, well, you your knives. You can
2: build much faster with magic than you can yeah. with uh, mm-hmm. your sword or your arrows.
1: So there's an yeah. unofficial weapon triangle there. <laughs> I just going to put that out there. Um,
2: no, this is a weapon square, because magic is, uh, no, magic is in the center of the triangle. It hits everything. Oh, there you go.
0: Uh, yeah, like other games, other fire emblems did have a, a magic triangle, which I never saw the point of. Because any and lots of enemies that have low resistance pretty much take high damage from anything. And enemies with high resistance, you're not going to see a lot of damage difference with like fire. Like, what was it like fire beating wind or whatever? So, like I, I, some people were upset. I'm like, oh, they took out the magic triangle. They're just like I barely use the magic triangle. The weapons triangle is far more important.
1: Yeah yeah oh boy is it important sometimes i sometimes i feel like it was a little over emphasized especially in the previous games where i understand you know you, you hit me with the weakness is going to hit hard but when it would one shot a character coming out of the fog oh yeah i call bs on that shit okay
0: Ew. okay i know this is going to the future but wait until we get to fates and that triangle
1: <laughs> oh jeez. um yeah. all right so uh so uh let's uh let's talk about some of these uh the maps does does Fire Emblem Awakening bring some? So, so you know, when we talk about the combat and the and the maps and the layouts and stuff like that, does it bring some refreshing different things to the table there?
0: Or did you feel they were uninspired? Yeah. yeah, unfortunately, mostly not. Possibly due to the time constraints, a lot of the maps are just these big wide areas with very little in the way of varying terrain. There's very few bottlenecks or barriers or any sort of interesting thing it's just a giant field you'll run across and you beat things some of the uh, some of the, the paralogue like the chapters where you recruit the child characters do have neat little twists to them like uh, for Na for instance she's in this weird haunted mansion full of risen and the doors open and close sporadically so you have to like to turn find out the pattern to go through there that's really neat, and of course, the DLC has a lot of uh, has a bunch of interesting maps. But the the general main story maps are mostly just wide open, and kind remember, of boring fields.
2: I remember the paralogue where you recruit Tiki as being uh, interesting oh, that, because yeah, was, the enemies yeah, are I just, actually all aiming for her, and she's not moving, so you have yes. to defend her instead of running around.
0: Yeah, so the paralogs generally have, and, and the, the the DLC, which are called Xenologs, have really interesting maps. But the general main story maps are mostly kind of dull. mm Hmm. Like I'm trying to remember if anyone stuck out to me in particular. Uh, I mean, but the, the, the mostly I, I, I can only think like some stood out to me, but mostly because of like story or music reasons. Like the uh, the map you go on right after Emerin commits suicide has this really somber piece, and it's in the rain, and it's really fitting. And the enemies there like are very reluctant to fight you, but they have to anyway. But the map itself was no, 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 not terribly interesting. Uh, I will say, it's...
2: canyons that you didn't really have to pick between.
0: Uh, the... Yeah,
2: I think. Know it. Um, let's see. And one... Are you safe in the Kelly?
0: Yeah, I will
3: say that one of my favorite maps to grind characters up in was the arena, mainly because it was just this huge open area that you, you didn't have much terrain to fight with to get to the mobs as easily so you could just pair up and decimate stuff and I ground out a lot of characters and what little pairings that I did on that map
0: well yeah that's a, that's a good thing if you just want to quickly especially if you want to build support conversations you could just you know get, open up one of those maps using the special risen summoning boxes uh, I can't remember what they're called right now that's how you create new spawns on the map using those special boxes
1: I feel like that's what they were called special risen leveling no, boxes they were, they were, pretty yeah, sure that I was the remember. official name
0: I can't remember what they
1: are <laughs> you get the uh, point it's good
0: yeah, apparently on harder difficulties like on on hard and lunatic hard and up uh, they cost so much that it's not worth it as much but on like n- normal yeah go you know go crazy and use them they're total reeking, reeking boxes. boxes there we go reeking boxes
2: plus the risen tend to have at least one thing of gold with them themselves. yeah
0: oh so, yeah that's why it's it's worth it on normal not so much on anything higher than normal. Normal is weirdly mislabeled in this game. It's like, normal is easy, hard is normal, Lunatic is apt, and Lunatic Plus is also apt. It's like there's no real hard mode in this game.
1: Um, I, I'd agree with you, though. The, the maps weren't uh, super uh, super memorable for the most part. Um, okay. oh, the final battle was interesting. You're oh, yeah. on the back of Grima. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's true. a couple of good ones. Yeah, there's a couple of memorable. Yeah, absolutely. Just like the cutscenes. So the cutscenes are kinda cool. Don't remember much of the story, but I remember the cutscenes. <laughs> <laughs> graphics and music. Graphics. Graphics are awesome. I don't know. I really like the graphics. I really like seeing the combats in the full 3D. And I would I wouldn't keep it on all the time, but I would definitely this was definitely one of those games where it kind of reminds me way back in the day of Shining Force and and i would you know just love to play that on the genesis because even though it only had like five frames of animation seeing that full-blown shot of your character you know thrust his lance into the other guy was pretty cool and and this kind of reminded me a lot of that and and, in some of the fights i would just i would just sit there and watch you know to see if that special attack would kick in and just see that animation kick off uh it was just i just really really liked the you know the combat
2: but but phil I like the ability to shift your viewpoint. Yeah, when that's you pretty Close mean. up, you can really see, see the mm-hmm. environmental effects that they put in. But mm-hmm. oh, nice. that, one, that one visual that we should probably mention: how everyone seems to have absolutely no feet; they're just standing on their ankles.
3: That's what I was going to gripe about. Where's their feet? <laughs> I can they're deal. The ground,
0: leave it alone. I
3: <laughs>
1: can deal with lack of feet. It's lack of facial features that creep me out. Okay, let's be clear on this.
0: You know As these characters have facial features, not very expressive, but they're there. Yeah, but, but no, you're you're I didn't right. Really notice the feet until somebody point, like people pointed out to me, like, "What do you mean they're missing feet?" Like, "Oh, okay, they don't have feet." Big yeah, deal. But... And then everybody makes it a big deal. And when face people are just like, "They have feet," like, "Okay, I don't care." Uh,
3: yeah, I, no. I just think it's a funny little joke. And yeah, once you see it, you can't unsee it. <laughs> it is true. I mean, that that being said, this is one of the few games that I actually get upset that I can't when I can't have the full three D on because I love that depth of feel. I like how, you know, in some maps you can see like little flickers of ash coming out from the ground that when I saw it for the first time I thought something wrong was, was wrong with my three D S screen because I thought some of it was kind of flickering out, but no it's like the detail in the ash and the UI and oh I love this game in three D so much. It's one of the to, to me, it's one of the good things about the 3D on the 3DS.
1: Yeah, it's there's not a lot of games that I really like to leave the 3D on, um, and outside of Super, I think this is probably in second place right behind Super Mario 3D Land or whatever the hell it's called, um, where it really, you know, in that game it really pops the blocks out and stuff. You really need to play that game with the 3D turned on. But Fire Emblem was the close second place on that. It's just so cool.
3: I think for me, it's this one. The Shin
0: Tensei games and Etrian Odyssey games on the 3DS.
1: Like oh the yeah, games. Etrian Odyssey, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah for uh, me it's this. Yeah, it's this game, the, the later Fire Emblems too, and um, I, and also uh, the Bravely series with those like the white, like the town maps especially. I really like turning on to 3D for those.
1: Uh, no, no, really cool. And I just think the animation, and everything was really, really well done here. And, and of course, the character, the pictures of the characters, super well done. I like that, and
2: I'd like to chime in again with the environmental effects. If you zoom in, you can check out the little the leaves rustling, mm-hmm. the grass rustling, mm-hmm. or yeah. the rain birds, falling yeah, on the ground. The
0: birds flying by—that that was a neat effect to see, like a bird flying overhead. I, I think it was a glitch where sometimes the bird would fly backwards, but
1: uh, especially I mean, you know, the 3ds isn't exactly the most powerful handheld system out there, so I think they did a really good job with the with the assets that were there. Um, how about the uh, how about the sound and the music? What did y'all think uh, of that? Uh,
2: so um, this- well, let's let me observe something first. I, there are most of the combat tracks have two modes. There's the the scenic w- mode, which takes place when you're moving around and taking and choosing your actions, and then additional instruments kick in when it actually goes into a combat animation.
0: Yeah. The, depending on the track, it's called like uh what's this, like galvanized mo like galvanized or um what's the or other one like a blaze. That's yeah or a blaze. That's like the battle track. Uh, like the music. So yeah that's a pretty neat effect. The music overall, like Fire Emblem is really is not usually known for its strong music, at least in my opinion. But uh and while Awakening has a lot of good but not memorable tracks, there's also a handful of utterly fantastic music. Uh there is um, the, that piece that plays after Emran's fight. It's called "Don't Speak Her Name." It is so beautiful. It's that really somber piano piece. Uh, there is a Tiki's theme. Uh, it's uh, at least it's it's sort of her theme. It's called um, it is uh, uh, come on. I almost have it. Uh, you have power just like mine. Uh, I think it's a it's actually a remake. Like it's a it's like a a a, um, a rem- uh, remake. Remake was the term. A, a cover or a, like a a redone of a of Tiki's track from earlier games. But it's really nice, very mystical sounding. And the final boss battle theme, uh, called it's, "Id Purpose," is fan is phenomenally good. It is just
2: this- It is yes. Uh, I so nice. was I was surprised at the depth of instrumentation. You can hear that a lot of real instruments were used. But you have to listen with oh. headphones because this is Oh yeah, NES. yeah.
0: Uh, which, which I did. Like I said, like th- those those specific tracks are like absolutely have to hear with headphones. Again, all the music is some of the a lot of the music, not all the music is that good. But those are some really fantastic pieces. And the music only gets better in the later later in the series goes on. How do, how do you guys like the voice acting? I wish there was more. <laughs> uh, yeah, what he, there was,
2: is was well done, I thought.
0: Yeah, because uh, they said earlier, like, the, the cut scenes are fully voiced, like the actual full motion videos. But the, the most of the story scenes are just, like, the characters will have, say, one word or some kind of exclamation, but otherwise it's largely unvoiced. And it kind of get like, it's kind of neat. It's It adds a little touch to the characters, but all the time I thinking, I wish there was just some full voice acting. Could I at least have full voice acted scenes? I could understand the co- support conversations not being fully voiced because that would take a lot of memory and a lot of money to pay all those actors. And they had a they had a lot of good actors here. Some of the actors, because of the amount of characters they had to do, like two at least two characters. Like I mentioned, that like Travis Willingham did Lon Koo and Brady. Um, I'm trying to there's some others I'm trying to remember here. Oh yeah, uh, here's a cute one. Uh, Cordelia and Severa are both voiced by Julie Ann Taylor, which is kind of fitting since they're mother and daughter. Uh, Sumia and Na are voiced by Eden Regal, which shows her talent, her, her range. You had uh, 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 her Stacy Okada voices Cynthia and Seri, showing her range. So you get a lot of, like, you have a bunch of that probably trying to save money by having just one actor for those two. But it's, uh, again, it's really neat to see, and I would have liked to hear more full voice acting. But it's pretty one good of, what it is. One of my favorite voice actors, Matt
3: Mercer, plays Krom. Oh, yeah. Really and. Matt Matt is one of those guys that, you know, if you need a Western localization, you get a box with him and, well, it used to be Troy Barker, but now I think uh, Johnny Bosch used to be in a lot of video games and anime and stuff
0: now, or used to be. Uh, Still in a bunch of anime, not so much in video games. I I think because once they join SAG-AFTRA and they don't have some kind of like fancy, some of them can like get around it where they can be in a union and non-union works, but a lot of them can't. So once they yeah. join the union, you know, to, goodbye to the like, you know, non-union voice acting and a lot of JRPGs. Yeah, which is probably what's happening to Laura Bailey. <laughs> I'm kind of sad. Apparently, Matt Mercer is one of those where he can do uh, union work and non-union work. So I guess we'll see how long that lasts. Very
1: interesting. The deep underbelly of voice acting and unions. Um, I liked it. I liked voice acting and like he's like when he all said, I wish there was there was more of it. But yeah. um, which
0: we will get, which it does happen later in the series, and it's probably going to become a permanent feature. But in this game, I kind of wish there was more. But what can you yeah. do?
3: What can you do? They, they probably didn't have the budget to
0: do a lot of it. Well, they, yeah, I, I, again, they, there's no way they could have voiced all of the support conversations. That would have made oh, way too insane. much money. Maybe, maybe maybe they could have done something like, uh, like uh, for the Avatar, here's a neat little thing. Whoever marries the Avatar, the, the character they marry has this whole fully voice acted line, which is supposed to be all sweet and romantic or, or kind of strange depending on the character. Like Krom will say, uh, you are, what is it, the wind on the back and the sword at my side. Together, you and me will create a perfect world, just the two of us or something like that where it's just like, you know, that's, I imagine that melted, the, that, I imagine a lot of, you know, that's kind of a wish fulfillment, I imagine, you know, your main character falling in love and marrying a prince of all things, you know. I'm, gonna, but yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I, I yeah, I, gosh, if they had voice acting all, it'd be like trying to um, put full animation and voice acting to all of the endings in Dragon Age Origins. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Um, no, pretty cool. The, oh, well, now I had a thought and it flitted from my head. Okay. So, uh, sounds like, sounds like we all agree, you know, for the most part, let's talk about, so let's talk about, let's talk about our opinions one at a time. So about the game overall, and in giving your dissertation about your overall you know, opinion you you want to you want to discuss? Did you like it? Would you recommend it to others? Would you just tell them to jump to the other ones instead? And what about the DLC? If you played, if you if you did get that, let us know if you thought it was worth it. I'm gonna start off with uh, Miss Relly.
3: Well, yes, I, um, I I really enjoyed this game. Um, I put a lot of time into it when it came out. It, it was my go-to for the longest time when I was you know in the car. or, you know, before bed at night, I'd just be, pull it up, play a couple of maps, try to get through a chapter, and go to bed, or I'd be at my destination, and I'm very glad that I picked it up. I'm very glad that it did well enough that we got more games in the series, and I think it's an excellent jumping in point for anyone that wants to, you know, dip their toe into Fire Emblem and see if they're going to like it.
1: And hey, did you did you do the DLC thing?
3: No, I didn't. I At the time, I wasn't very into DLC that much, but then later on, I kind of broke that by... I do like picking up the experience or gold maps just so that I don't have to grind nearly as much, and it's just a couple of bucks most of the time, and it helps out the developers, so I don't feel as dirty getting it.
2: Is it my
0: turn now? Uh, Hello? hello I'm getting this film oh he might have got
1: lost in Turkey no I was saying <laughs> yeah go ahead Mike
2: <laughs> all right I gave this a four and a half when I reviewed it and you know this is RP gamer which uses the entirety of the scale for reviewing instead of just the upper 20 points or so and I stand by that I got really addicted to this game. I probably could have reviewed it earlier if I hadn't been carrying off the characters and trying to explore all the paralogues because those were very interesting battles. I enjoyed the support conversations quite a bit. I even replayed the game a couple of years ago, which I almost never do now. I just don't, I just constantly decide to play something new instead of something I've already played. But this one I did again. I don't regret it. I had a blast and anyone who has any inkling of liking for a tactical game but has always been intimidated by what came before with Fire Emblem's previous reputation for being pretty much a series for only the intense and the hardcore. Well, this one, take, this one gives you the option to not have to be hardcore. And after Fate, which is a mixed bag, yeah, I'd say Awakening is definitely... And no, I did not play the DLC.
1: Okie dokie. How about uh, you, Miss Ramos?
0: Okay, I love this game. It's not my favorite fire emblem uh right now that's probably a toss up between Path of Radiance and Fire Emblem Echoes, but uh that's beside the point. But I uh, I love this game. Yeah, uh, yes, it's kind of uh it's a, it's it's got flaws. Like I absolutely adored it when I first played it and as I replayed it I kind of saw more and more flaws come up the uh the maps being not very varied, uh the repetitive like the the support conversations a lot of them being very similar with like the child units, the fact that the child units have like no real bearing on the story except for Lucina. Uh, the rushed nature of the story like there's a couple of things i could i could probably nitpick on but overall i love this game i love the fact i love the fact that it the casual mode is there and that it introduced so many more people to the series that it helped save the series because you know what yes classic mode is a staple feature but it's still uh, it's still optional it's still there you can play through it and i do encourage newcomers if you start with Fire Emblem Awakening give classic mode a try try the earlier series but if you don't want to okay fine that's cool too um, so, uh, I, I, yes, I pretty much this game, like the, because the maps are not terribly interesting, my favorite part is the support conversations and making families and couples because I'm a huge dork. I used to be a huge shipper dork as a teenager, and this brought out my inner teenage fangirl shipper. Um, as for the uh, DLC, I didn't play all of it because all of it didn't really seem necessary. Uh, I, I got the map, the, the grinding maps for gold and DLC, gold DLC and, uh, and, and um, EXP to make it easier for, like, support conversations. And, of course, I got, uh, there's two special packs. There's the the Scramble packs, which are special conversation like, goofy storylines in which the characters have special support conversations. They have conversations they already have in the game, plus uh, extra conversations with the characters they normally can't support with. And there's also the uh, Future Past DLC I touched upon, which is very story-driven and, I'd argue, a better story than the main game. <laughs> And uh, again, I say check it out. You don't have to get all of it; it's not necessary. But I just bought a couple of packs, and it was totally worth it. So if you're if you're new to the series, start with this one. Check out the rest of the series too, if you if you'd like to. But start with this one. If you are a longtime Fire Emblem fan, I know the majority do like this game because there's a lot of loud is a, a loud minority that despises this game and thinks it it ruined the series and you know just like whatever you're you're no fun. Play what you want. Mm-hmm. Don't listen to the haters.
3: Haters gonna hate!
1: Uh, <laughs> go ahead. You
3: know, um, hearing about the support conversations, I've heard that there is a pretty vibrant fan community that has been trying to do fan hacks to get um, gay and lesbian relationships into the game.
0: Hmm, that's interesting.
3: Yeah, so it's it's got its fans for sure as far as that kind of
0: stuff.
2: So, I don't know how happy Nintendo will be about it. <laughs> I mean,
3: they, no, probably I mean, they, not.
0: I mean, they had one, you know, they had, they had gay options in Fates and one openly gay character in Echoes, so maybe that—not that—they would not that, they wouldn't be that hard. In it. Although, of course, the whole hacking be the problem, not so much. The yeah, same thing. it would yeah, be no. the hacking.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So
3: these, um, these hackers want to make pretty much every single relationship viable.
4: Mm.
0: So,
2: mm, that—that <laughs> that requires your three DS hardware. Again. Yeah. hacked and yeah, they will that, not dance.
0: that. That writing would have to be pretty good too because not all, like, not all the support conversations are good. Some of them seemed a little kind of awkward or forced. There's a lot of good ones to make up for it so I, I hope they're good writers. I mean, I mean, I mean,
3: I think it's interesting. I'll probably never play it in a million years, and I'm sure that they're probably never going to finish it in a million years. But I like <laughs> that the support conversations support conversations are such a thing that there are people out there that want to make more support
0: conversations for a game already full of them. I think yeah, they want to do something like make the child they make like the child uh, units a bit more varied. Also, the avatar another like another repetitive one. The avatar he he or she the the, the conversation is the same between them and, like, the first-generation characters, except for the S-rank, that's obvious... The S-rank, that's obviously different, with a few Mm -hmm. exceptions. Like, Krom is different. The the male avatar is a completely different conversation with the female avatar, which involves uh, seeing each other naked, which, despite being really kind of dumb, I still find pretty funny.
1: Um, right. So... Uh, now I forgot where I was gonna go with this. Uh, yeah, no, super, super fun, uh, super fun game. I, I think you should absolutely get it. I agree very much with. I think it was you know Cassandra who who very much says, look, the, the game the game has flaws. If you're a strategy fan, uh, there's there's definitely some, some issues with some of the map design and and you know not everything uh, runs on all six cylinders but it's, it is it is super super fun and it gives you choices like that's why I don't understand where the hate comes from because if you want to play hardcore mode it's still there boys and girls you can watch your characters die off and they won't come back and it's great if that's what you're into god bless your heart if you really thought or if you were like me you really thought it was super fun to reload your save game every time a character died in the map you can still do do that it's still there, it's totally a thing. Uh, so knock yourselves out. Um, you know, I, I I don't. I was going to ask you, Cassandra. Um, mm-hmm. I guess one of the detractions for me was as I got later on in the game. I really did feel like you know I had I just I had those characters that would just die way too fast. Because they were just you know, too weak, or those character the other characters on the other side just seemed to pwn everything and enemies would run into run into them like they were running at a buzzsaw. I mean they would attack and they would die in the counterattack. There was just it was like it seemed to be hot or cold and there was no in between. But I was playing on what you guys were calling normal slash easy. Does that do, on harder levels is it does it feel any more
0: balanced? Uh hard again, hard mode, which I call normal mode, is is you know, pretty it's a it's a decent challenge, I'd say uh so it's not I, I don't feel like it's it's worthy of the word hard it's definitely more of a normal mode but it's pretty decent and i pretty much play this series only on that unless i'm just you know blazing through for four conversations which i dump it down to normal i've actually yet to attempt a, a lunatic because for me I, I don't like it to be too challenging i just kind of want it to be challenging enough
1: yeah well and i don't i don't i don't i mean i'm not having super fun when characters die in one hit um but um uh You know, at, so at some point, it was just getting to the point where I was just buzzsawing my way through battles, but that was okay, because I was still looking forward to more support conversations at the end of those battles, uh more so than what was going on with the plot at a certain point. Uh The characters are just fun, the combats are beautiful to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a really, really fun experience. Now, if you try to go out and buy this game today, it really hasn't gone down in price a whole lot. It's still showing forty dollars on Amazon. Uh, if you're looking at eBay, you might be able to find a used copy for you know thirty ish bucks. I did find one for twenty um, from a questionable Is it just seller. The cartridge? It's just the cartridge. I, I you yeah, know I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a look at that one yeah, again. Wait, oh, no. it's an open bid. It's not. It's not a buy it now. That's the problem. So it's still. And does it even come with a manual?
2: Because we're now in the era when games just don't usually come with manuals. Ooh, I, manual. don't nope. yeah,
1: I, uh, just, I don't remember. Yeah, just because I don't even think, look oh, anymore.
3: I have it right here. It came with a little pamphlet, and that's yeah. They just it. they just
1: usually come with the pamphlet nowadays. It, you think you're getting a manual? Like, open it. Oh, no, it's only two pages telling you that you could have an epileptic attack if you play it too long. uh pretty funny mm-hmm. uh, And here
2: are the safety warnings associated with using this hardware mm-hmm.
1: right uh so so definitely a, a, an easy recommend for people to go and try out and, and get your waifu on or whatever you want to call it
3: and you missed that you can buy this one digitally so mm-hmm. if if physical copies get expensive which fire emblems usually do
0: there's always the
3: digital right. yeah. digital yeah.
0: This might one you might like digitally, since you can just, anytime if you want to get an extra conversation you didn't get yet, just open up the 3DS and not have to worry about not having a card on you then.
1: No, it definitely is, you know what, there's there certain games that I, you know, that's a great point, there are certain games that I will buy digitally, just so that if I turn on my PS4, I t- open up my 3DS, it's right there, and I don't have to look for the cartridge, because it's one of those games that you want to go back to and have a little bite here and there, so to speak, and I feel like, yeah, you're right, uh, The Dynasty War games fall in that category for me, Fire Emblem Awakening certainly would, uh, but, oh, I know the story I was going to tell about, uh, so... You know, if you rewind the clock, you guys have heard me talk before, if you listen to the show for a long time about Wizardry 8 and how, you know, that was a really, you know, uh, awesome swan song to the Wizardry series before Sir Tech flew off into the sunset. And it was a really, really well-made game. I mean, it did so many things right and it brought so many ideas of the series together and then still took it another step forward uh and, and and it was a shame I mean I played it when it came out it was one of the few games I played all the way through because it was so awesome but because it didn't it didn't have that widespread appeal and it was on the PC and, and a few other limiting factors it didn't it, it, it tech was heading into the distance I don't know all the moving pieces but the long story short of it is that you know we didn't get any more wizardry games like that and later on other companies would pick up the wizardry series but we never it, it never was the same But you know, for those people who who might still be hating on some Fire Emblem's decisions, the 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 thing is, we 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 the series got to keep going on, and 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 it is a really good series. It really is. I mean, the Fire Emblem games are very solid tactical RPGs. If you haven't played through them before, they're they're really awesome, and uh, this one opened up to a whole new audience, uh, including those people who don't care for throwing their DS at the wall to see a break in frustration. So uh, I was super excited uh when when the news was pouring in about how well it was selling and that the series would continue uh because it was looking like it was going to be another Wizardry 8 honestly when the reviews started coming out I mean I had read the news before that they were having you know some issues and some concerns with the series some serious concerns and then the reviews came out to good scores but I was thinking to myself man but it's a tactical RPG and those have not been super popular you know over the last few years and this is probably another wizardry 8 waiting to happen but you know what they they really did a I mean great job to the to the people who put this together and and put those options in there and mm-hmm. and and nintendo for putting some marketing behind it yeah
0: they yeah they, there was actually commercials on tv commercials yep yeah. Although there were commercials for the very first Fire Emblem as well, it was a weird commercial. But the the rest of them didn't really get any. This one did,
1: and <laughs> and that really helped a lot. So thank you, Nintendo, for putting some some dollars behind it because you got it. Sometimes you got to spend money to make money, uh, as they like to say say in our sales department off. at work. It totally paid off here. So I'm I personally am extremely grateful because yes, we get not only do we get an excellent awakening, but then later on we got fates and we got echoes, and, and I'm even...
0: and we're going to more. Yep.
1: Yeah, and I'm in. I'm, and I'm really enjoying. If you haven't, I mean, totally a different aside here. Maybe I'll wait for the final lap. Um, so yeah, go out and get it and uh, and have fun with it. So, all right, cool.
0: What once, uh, one slight mention? Uh, the local like the local strip was done by Eight Four Ltd, who does some really good localizations. Uh, they did fantastic work on this game, and uh, yes, they did fantastic. Like if you if like this game is very quotable. Uh, for like, oh, yeah. after it came out. Like, a lot of the quotes are like the, the, the top bar was a quote from Fire Emblem Awakening. And you can really thank them for, like, making that so quotable.
1: No, and that is...
0: Yeah,
1: this, I think the game would have definitely have, uh, received much lower remarks if the localization wasn't there since, I mean, I you know, I think a lot of players, including us, were really, uh, you know, were really drawn in by the support conversations. If the localization wasn't there, <laughs> that wouldn't have turned out well. <laughs> so, cool. All right. Well, thank you thank you all so much for listening to us. We're gonna be right back. We still got another segment, the final lap, so hold on tight. welcome back this is the final app we read your comments we do kitchen sink stuff and oh so much more our last show was 179 lunar 2 eternal aboogaloo and we have a few comments on the forums y'all play lunar 2 did y'all play lunar 2 i didn't play lunar 2 it was apparently Uh, apparently apparently. i
2: think we played lunar 2
3: didn't we oh yeah i totally played the crap out of that game for sure well, Arty, i hope we played
2: it since we talked about
1: it. Artie Party says one mystery I'd like resolved is whether Mel actually founded uh, Maribia instead of just governing it. I know in the Japanese version of the game it says he governed it, although working designs added that he founded it. What's your take?
0: Chirp, 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 chirp.
1: <laughs>
0: don't look I, at me. I didn't play the don't game. <laughs>
2: I cannot speak to that, I'm afraid.
1: Okay, we say no comment on that one. All right. Uh, do you got the comments pulled do up, please Mike?
2: Do, please do not dignify Veg Esther with reading whatever the hell he has to say because it, it never makes
1: sense. No, no. Uh, okay,
2: Arty Party then continued. I would have preferred an update of Lunar 2 on um, PSP review myself. Wasn't overly fond of working designs translations the second year. What? He didn't like the uh, Party Party did not like the Bill Clinton reference? I can't believe it. The world will once again be my on and didn't it's just half shell. Sorry, but if movies had dialogue like that they'd get torn apart by critics. Um yeah, uh that that's true. Dialogue like that does get torn apart by critics. <laughs> no funny. funny and The battle dialogue in Internal Blue Complete. Ferocious Wind Mega Magic Flame. <laughs> that's actually worse than characters
1: shouting the names of their abilities. But I I like it when the characters shout the name of... Oh, sorry. Uh,
3: (laughs) Make a magic flame! But they didn't say the best one, which was, you need a spanking. Oh, nice! Oh, that's sweet. Well, you didn't put it in there.
1: That
3: was the best one. (laughs) Tell Artie
1: Party, not
2: me. I'm Uh, reading
1: the stuff that's in the quote box here. Uh... Jay Scarp says, Lunar is a series I wish i gotten into. I did have the Sega CD, but Lunar wasn't among was among the few games that I owned for it. I tried the PSP remake of the first Lunar, but that one didn't stick for some reason. At least it sounds like there's no reason to track down the DS version before it gets rare. I guess it's no surprise that Dragon Song was RPGame's biggest letdown of 2005. <laughs> sounds like oh. it deserved it.
3: <laughs> oh, I just, I just got it out of my memory. Why do you have to bring it up again? And-
2: <laughs> Why? because we must never forget we must never allow this game to be forgotten just be held up as an example of what not to do
3: i guess that's true we do need to learn from our mistakes
1: Nico's on with some advice about the ps4 i mentioned storage issues and He's talking about putting on an external hard drive, which I really don't want to do. Um, what I've done with my PS3 was—I uh, think I might mentioned it—but I, I installed. Uh, you can, you know, for the PS3, it's really easy. You Just get a laptop hard drive, and you just install it, and you can watch a YouTube video. And ten minutes later, you've got triple the space. Uh, I gotta look up online, see if there's a PS4 version of that, because I'm so sick and tired. Everything on the PS4 installs. If it's on a disc, it installs, which, you know, thankfully none of the Nintendo systems do that. You put a cartridge in your 3DS, it plays off the cartridge. You put it in your Switch, it plays off your Switch. But PS4, you put the disk in and it installs all thirty some gosh darn gigabytes to your hard drive. So if you happen to own a dozen different disc you know, games on a disc, you, you pretty much have blown your space right there. I know there's a lot of critics about the Switch's storage issues. Um, but I will say at least the games that you buy on a cartridge, stay on the cartridge and don't install. Urgh. So anyways, I'll figure it out.
3: Some people just don't like load times, man. I just, I like an option I mean, on my
1: PS3, it doesn't bug me that the disc games play off the disc And that, you know, that's that's just fine But, I mean, it's not like those hard drives are super fast anyways They're usually like 5,400 or 7,200 hard drives I mean, compared to my computer, which runs mostly off of Flash Whatever the hell it's called, solid state hard drive They always seem like they're slow But I'm laying on the couch, an extra 10 seconds ain't gonna kill me I'm relaxing, it's good Cutting that down to seven and a half seconds because it's on a hard drive doesn't really make my day. I swear it it's just—it doesn't seem that much faster than PS3. But I'm sure somebody will argue with me with some statistics that they pulled up. Uh, you regard- don't
2: need to go there, Phil. We we can we can establish that the GameFAQs people who have every statistic regarding every piece of video game hardware that ever existed have it covered. Right. That's what they do
1: uh but thank you all so much for your comments you too can leave comments at forums.rpgamer.com and uh, jump in on the conversation if you like to talk about rp uh, rpgs rpgamer is a great place to hang out and do that to get with like-minded individuals who have a passion for role-playing games on computers and consoles, and even occasionally pen and paper. Uh, Alright, let's do our round table where we talk about what we're doing on the site, we talk about what we're playing, we just talk about miscellaneous shit, uh, and we'll start off with Miss Kyan.
3: Kyan, that's a... Oh, I was gonna say, it's you lately. <laughs> it's been really...
1: <laughs> <laughs> My evil knows no bounds. That may You're, or may not... <laughs> That, so was a, <laughs> that
2: was a very talented name butchery.
1: That was—I'm pretty sure that was a that was a Western Designs translation right there, whatever it was. called. Oh,
3: lovely, yeah. Okay. But <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I in celebration of the announcement of Shin Megami Tensei Five being in development, I decided to finally try to put a lid on Shin Megami Tensei Four Apocalypse. Um, I started it last year, and then. Pokemon came out, and that pretty much took over my life for a bunch of months. And then, next thing I know, Dragon Quest takes over my life, and then, god, I can't remember what else. You'd have to listen to the RPG cast for the whole details, but at that point, I was like, okay, I am in a Shin Megami Tensei mood. I want to finish this game, and I'm trying to finish this game, and it's just all gods and demons and angels and all this stuff just... Trying to kill each other. That's pretty much the summary of Ch- Shimegami Tensei Four Apocalypse. Ah,
1: you know they gotta do something to keep themselves busy.
3: I, I guess so, but mm. I am hyped as punch for Shimegami Tensei Five.
1: Sweet.
3: I yeah. I want that game in my eyeballs right now.
1: Hey, I love myself some Shimegami Tensei. Let me tell ya.
3: I'm really hoping that they'll kind of go back to the um, 1 and 2 well a little bit because I, I didn't care for Nocturne and I thought that both 4s were kind of okay and Shin Megami Tensei 2 is my far fi- not my favorite game in the series. Well, that that and Strange Journey, but that's technically not a mainline title, even though it should be because it was just good.
1: Oh, you're going to have to give Uh-oh, me some tips. Ta- oh, Strange Journey. Journey. Oh, uh, I, I guess I will. I will yeah. have to sidebar with you. I'm just. Oh my gosh, you went there. Okay,
2: refresh my memory. I know Shin Megami Tensei One came out on iOS a couple years ago, right? Yeah. Did two?
3: No, I played a fan translation of two and and one.
2: Yeah, that's probably the best way because that is not a game that I would want to play on I, iOS.
3: I think. Screen. I
1: think isn't both part isn't because there's two two games, right? No, no,
0: you're thinking persona no. too.
1: Oh persona, I'm mixing. Oh, there oh, is oh, a Shimigami right, Tensei right, right, right.
0: if, which is Tensei if, which is like uh the um the transitional form between Shimigami Tensei and persona.
1: Right, right. It's so easy to get confused. Doesn't take much, especially when I'm involved.
3: <laughs> and as soon, there's someone working on a fan translation for if as soon as that comes out, I am on it.
2: Wow, I can't believe we don't have a fan translation for it yet. That <laughs>
3: Um, someone. I think Almost Aeon Genesis. Almost
2: everything Super Famicom is out right, by now,
3: right? No, there, there's a lot of obscure RPGs that are still kind of missing fan translations. But I can't remember if it was Aeon Genesis or some other group that was working on. If I know that it was one of the ones that have worked on a lot of the fan translations, but I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Now, what's this groaning about Strange Journey?
1: Oh my goodness um, gracious! Oh. Still. Uh, okay, so Strange Journey. Uh, I, I I played the heck out of that game, and I talked about it for I don't know how many of our podcasts because I was going you know through in a row you know like like for months playing it. So every time we get to the final up, I'm like, yeah, I'm playing Strange Journey. Woohoo! Well. I got all the way to the end, like to the final boss. Now I went through some tough boss as you know. That game has some tough boss battles and I made it through them all. But boy, Mm. I got to the end and it just I could not, no matter what I did I just couldn't beat that boss. I finally broke down and looked up an FAQ and the only help that the FAQ gave me, because I'm thinking, is there some Sorry. weakness? I thought I tried all the different elements. You know, what am I missing here? And it just basically was like, what you got to do is you have to grind up this particular armor weapon set, whatever it was. And it requires, you know, grinding for these materials to get put. I look like such a long chore after a 75-hour investment already. And I'm like, you know what, Shimigami Tensei Strange Dirty? You've won. You got this. You claimed this victory over Phil because my free time has limits. And I was just like, I really enjoyed it, but I wasn't willing to dive another dozens and dozens of hours. It seemed like grinding up this armor from all these weird, uh, you know, from all these different demons that I couldn't even remember where the hell half of them were at because I didn't keep notes on which sectors which demons were in so I could farm them. It went from being a dungeon crawler, but but as I was was hoping, maybe maybe you're like, no, 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 Phil, 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 you gotta use light attacks, just trust me on, no, just, yeah, I just, I was hoping you could tell me something.
0: All I did was just use really powerful demons of each type, you know, Law, Chaos, and Neutral, I have a super powerful Amaterasu and uh, Huanglong. See,
3: I'm going to go full disclosure and say that I used the password system to download some pretty high-level demons from uh, GameFAQ to get through that fight.
1: No, there you go. <laughs> there you go.
0: Yeah, I trained mine up the hard way, so...
1: Well, and it would, you know, like, I don't mind grinding to a point, like, I took my time in the dungeons, I I made sure, because I, I knew it was a Shin game, so I'm not going to run from any random encounter, I'm going to make, you know, every possible opportunity, I'm going to go and explore every nook and cranny, yeah, but things. naturally, but I don't want to keep going back through the same dungeon, just, you know, going back and forth over and over again, just to, you know, that. So that's, yeah, the grind. I, I felt like I felt like I had done a good job throughout the game because as I ran into bosses, they were hard, but I, I, I didn't have to do a whole lot of grinding to get past them at all because I had taken my time all the way up to that point. And then when I got to the boss, he kept kicking my ass. I'm like, this is really frustrating because I can beat any in- enemies around the boss without blinking an eyelash, but he's such a difficulty spike. At least maybe it's just, yeah, it was just weird. So I kind of gave up. I gave it the middle finger.
3: Well, oh, maybe with any luck the remake will rebalance some of the difficulty because I don't I don't blame you for rage quitting at that point. It's frustrating mm-hmm. when a boss pretty much pushes your crap in when you've put so much time and energy into a game. I mean that that is frustrating, but I mean I still enjoyed my time with Strange Journey. So. Oh, oh yeah, that's I
1: that's totally nice. enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I totally enjoyed it. I'd probably, I, I, in fact, I can't remember, but I might have pre-ordered the remake just to go through. I'm think I'm kind of hoping some of that balancing take place. Not too much. I enjoyed it. And to be able, maybe it'll be in 3D. That would be super cool.
3: Oh, I, I pre-ordered that remake the second that it hit Amazon. I, I think I ended up pre-ordering all three of those Atlas games that they announced at that time.
1: Yeah, yeah, so, no, 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 don't get me wrong I mean, I definitely recommend understand, like, and for me, some of the games I play, I understand I'm not gonna beat Because some of them require a big Time investment at the end, but I mean, Fire Emblem's Like that, I don't think I've ever beaten any Fire Emblem game, um except for maybe the one we just talked about. But I haven't beaten any Fire Emblem games because they were always so tough towards the end. But I would still buy them, and I would still play through okay. until it you know, until it got too difficult or start killing off my characters in one hit. And I enjoyed it up to a point that. So for me, that's okay. I don't, you know, so Shin Megami was that game. But I did give it a big middle finger on tweet, Twitter about it.
3: Understandably so. So
1: still a strange
2: journey story for anyone who hasn't heard it yet.
3: <laughs> anything
1: uh anything else for us
3: um not too much i've been really into stardew valley lately on the switch too that's been my bedtime game which has been a little bit to my detriment because then i don't want to go to sleep because i get into that just one more day kind of loop
1: no I, you know i i've i've been debating whether or not to to get that because i'm worried about being awake at night one more day one more day <laughs>
3: the the trick this this is my life advice for Stardew valley and harvest moon the trick is to go to sleep save your game and then put it in sleep mode and don't touch it then don't don't start checking crops don't start checking the tv don't even leave your house because then you'll get into the loop just if you need to leave the game go to sleep at night that's my advice
0: but how do i
1: know if the crops grown successfully unless they just go out and take a peek
3: no no cuz then stardew valley is one of those games that you just can't start a new day if you want to leave the game you just can't because then you you get this to-do list in your head and you don't want to forget to do certain things like you know you got to get to the get to the blacksmith by a certain time of day you got to get to the carpenter by a certain time of day it's like no don't give yourself that loop just walk away
1: <laughs> just do it just walk away man it ain't worth it
3: and the nice thing is that the Switch has that sleep mode. So you can do that easily. And I mean, even if you do break my advice and start the next day, you can still put it in sleep mode and it'll pause your game.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I guess kinda of the cool thing about modern day devices. You can't I can't do that really with my PS two games when I'm retro gaming. But yeah, your three D S, your Vita, whatever, you just your PS four, it's great.
3: Okay, um, I'm, I'm mildly dreading starting up that Disgaea D2 that I'm going to be playing for a future episode of Backtrack, because the PS3 doesn't have the sleep mode, and I am so spoiled on that now.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, you're, you yeah, no, no, and, um, oh gosh, maybe I shouldn't talk yeah, about that's, it. that's right, because we're going to do a show on it, keeping my mouth shut, yep, totally keeping it shut.
3: Well, my my goal is to finish ta- try to finish Tales of Brasaria by the end of November and then fire up D2, hopefully.
1: Sounds like a plan. Yes. Cool, cool. All right. So
3: that's that's it for me. I'm taking off. Thanks for having me on the oh, show. Thank you, you for being on. Nice. Really Those appreciate awesome. it. Yes. Good
2: night,
1: thank you thank, good night, you. thank you for your uh, strange journey advice, which I boiled down to just cheat. All right, got it. Locked it in. I can always right. give you
0: the code for my demons.
1: I know, right? <laughs> I just better make sure hey. I have enough uh, gold or dollars or whatever it was, the currency oh, that because those just need, stuff to buy them.
0: I think,
3: I think you need Maka, I think. I think the more valuable advice I give was how to walk away from life sim games. True. True.
1: true. I need true. to go. All right. Go to have, sleep and save a,
3: my game in real life. I
1: know, right? All right. Have a good night. <laughs> See good
2: night,
3: you guys. As
1: well later Uh, and how about you miss strawberry eggs
0: okay uh so for the site i haven't been doing an awful lot uh work and i recently bought a new house and still trying to get settled in so real life's been keeping me from doing things i did uh i had a short like a one week vacation off of work that let me do uh some i actually did wrote some stories for the site for once Uh, Gaming-wise, I've also been weirdly slow. Uh, Again, I mean, because I've been very busy and only have enough time in a day for maybe an hour or so with the 3DS. I haven't played very much in the way of console games for a long time except for, like, the occasional party game or something with friends. Uh, Very recently, I finished a replay of Stella Glow for the 3DS. Uh, It started back in September for SRPG September. Uh, played through to get the, the the true ending the good ending to that because that game has uh, an extra ending in it uh, it's very nice to revisit it although one odd thing i noticed is that while the localization is still really strong in that game it's it's an atlas localized game after all it's like somebody got lazy for the battle quotes and they're a bit weaker than like the earlier quote unquote game in the series it's not you know it's not really a luminous art game it's a it's a spiritual successor. But, uh, like, Mm -hmm. that one had some fun lines, uh, like, uh, behold, you know, like, I'll count on you water, behold the power of fire, light gather, but in Stella Glow you have, like, Hilda saying, you shall take this attack! Like, really? (laughs) Or, but yeah, just, but otherwise, uh, so that was a fun revisit. I'm playing a little, I'm getting back to Pokemon Sun in preparation for Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, I realized that I was gonna finish my Pokedex, but now I realize there's really no point if there's gonna be an enhanced version of that game now, so I may as well just get the Pokedex there. So I'm just doing some leveling up and getting some Pokemon ready. And uh I'm hoping to finally start on Dragon Quest five. I've been meaning to get started
1: on that game. Oh my gosh, yeah, you gotta do five.
0: And you may uh, wanna hold off
1: on seven for a bit.
0: No, oh, yeah, no, no. I want to go through like I want. I mean, I'd, I'd like to visit the earlier games, but I don't have a like a very modern version of doing that. I don't. I don't really want to play it on like up, uh, like iOS or Android. I don't even know if it's on Android. I I ended up
1: doing the uh, for one through three. I ended up doing those uh, the the Fran translated ROMs emulation. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, um, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. I'm still waiting to see if there's going to be an easier way to get that aside from <clears throat> ROMs. <clears throat>
1: yeah it's it's tough because you could i mean you could i mean obviously there's like i think aren't they on the game boy color or something yeah, mike no, isn't that how you color. played it i think that's how uh, mike played it
0: yeah there's also uh there there was a japanese uh like a special wii version of that and contains like the uh the, these the super famicon versions of Fa- oh. dragon quests one through three but we never got that but,
1: i mean do you I do the you japanese do. reading thing no i don't <laughs> oh god bless your heart okay yeah.
0: and also, i know i want to get back to finally finishing up tokyo mirage sessions but oh boy am i am I, I i'm kind of i both want and i'm worried that by the time i get back to that game they're going to announce an enhanced switch version with english voice acting in which case i have no reason to play the wii U version
1: oh my gosh could you imagine oh my gosh
0: oh
1: man now you put that thought in my head now i'm not going to go and play oh, it yeah. Because it was kind of on my docket, too, but now you put that thought in my head.
0: I don't know, because apparently, I don't know, like, the, the, the only clue I have is, like, the, the, the voice actress of Tharja, Stephanie Shea, said that she's back in the studio voicing a favorite video game character of hers, and, of course, my head is immediately going to Tharja in Tokyo Mirage Sessions. It's probably a long shot, maybe. Tharja's in Fire Warriors, right? Or is she DLC? I don't
1: know. Ooh, yes. I don't remember.
0: So, I don't know, maybe it's for that, but eh, who knows? We'll see. Maybe I should get back to that game before it's announced, so I don't feel too bad about finishing it. It's just like I'm halfway through, just like okay, there's no point in finishing this game.
1: Uh, well, you know, I kind of keep wondering about that. With with I love Hyrule Warriors. You know, you talk about that game, you just want to play like 30 minutes before bed or whatever have you. But the, you know, on the on the Wii, sometimes you know you can't just suspend you can't suspend it on the Wii U, I should say. The three I have the 3DS version, but oh. or, you know, it has more content. But the graphics aren't nearly as good. Uh, but I always kept wondering. I always keep wondering, what if they queue out the Switch version of this, you know? And yeah. then, then I'm like stuck all this time into the Wii U unlock because there's so much unlockable in that, you know. I mean, you're really working your way up, and it's just like, Ooh.
0: yeah. I talk about the Switch version, like I don't even have a Switch yet. I'm hoping to get that with Xenoblade Chronicles too. Which, oh, oh yeah, I haven't even started, let alone finished Xenoblade X. So yeah.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you and I are in that bucket together. It's on the docket, somewhere on the docket.
0: Yep. But yeah, that's.
1: Oh, that's new with me. Ah, Busy life. (laughs) Mr. Minky. Uh,
0: Well, you know, I probably would have this Etchion
2: Odyssey 5 review up. I've got it written. But switching computers means that I have to reacquaint myself with exactly how to access our FTP server. And uh, I'm apparently missing something somewhere, so that makes it much more complicated. But I definitely finished the game. In fact, I'm still plugging away at the post-game stratum, which, of course, frustrating and time-consuming because it's post-game stratum. It's designed to have a whole bunch of frustrating elements to it. These stupid foes up there that actually go invisible on the map when they're in poison, and there's poison all over this level of the dungeon. These, these things just
1: stink. I'd be happy if I just got through an Etrian Odyssey game all the way. Much less <laughs> even thought about looking at post, post-game content.
2: I did it for Entry 4 until I reached... It was a palette swap of a foe that I'd fought earlier in the game. Only this one petrifies everybody with its breath. And, of course, when everybody's petrified, boom, game over, you're dead. So Mm -hmm. a couple of encounters with that made me say, I'm done.
1: It was was your strange journey moment. We call that the strange journey moment. (laughs) (laughs) The the moment where you just tell the game, you know what? Good job, game. You won.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I... I saw the credits, I beat the main game, so I fulfilled our site's criteria. I, I definitely did what we needed to do to have a review. I did what I needed to do so we have a review of five. Now I just need to figure out how to make this stupid FTP work again so that I can actually upload it instead of throwing raw files at people so that they have to edit. Um, yeah, that has been the major thing that I've played lately. I will need to be writing a review of Dragon's Crown pretty soon because I did finish that a month ago. I think it was a month ago. Jeez.
1: Half-time flies. Did you play Dragon's Crown? I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was uh, pretty pretty cool. It's kind of like um, hmm, a side-scrolling up meets RPG. Like one of those, like the old d d co-op game, you know, in the arcade that they re-released yep. later on yep. the PS3 or 4. Yeah, it's good stuff. It, it it's, it's pretty fun. It is one of those games that I really didn't actually play a whole lot of, but I played it for like two or three hours.
2: Yeah, I finished it. That's uh, whatever. When, when you beat it, you get to unlock uh, hard mode. And apparently if you beat hard mode, then you get to unlock impo- insane mode.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, I could kind of see it going down the Diablo, the Diablo route where you kind of unlock the further difficulty levels, but you're supposed to be higher level or better yeah. armor or whatever yeah. have you. Yeah, I could see it doing that.
2: I saw no need to actually continue that far, but I did enjoy... Getting through the main game, and it's, it's gorgeous. To look at. <laughs> um. Let's see.
1: Otherwise. What What system were you doing that game on? Vita. Oh yeah, gorgeous screen. Yeah. Let's see. Stop that! I was.
2: I think I was going to start playing Grandia using um, the Vita, and then Max said the entry in Five, so that got swept up. But I may just have to do that in the near future. Otherwise, I haven't been playing a whole lot lately, and we're already re- getting late into the night, at least for me, so I don't want to talk too much about movies, except to say that Blade Runner 2049 is a good movie. And, of course, it isn't doing well because some fool studio executives thought that something that wasn't a hit 35 years ago would be worthy of $150 million, plus however many millions went into the marketing, and they managed to, re- which was stupid. But it's...
4: Hmm.
2: Look, everybody knows Blade Runner was not a success in 1982. Once it hit video, then people started to flock to it.
0: And influenced a whole bunch of anime makers.
2: Yes, extremely influential. But did it sell tickets in its initial run? Apparently not. And the the movie landscape of today is just not really set up for thoughtful science fiction. This definitely is. Teenagers have to actually look at the screen all the time. They can't keep looking down at their phones and then look up. Oh, hey, look, something's going up, man. Oh, that's cool. Let me go back to texting. No, you actually have to pay attention. Do Do people
1: do that in theaters? I haven't been to one in, like, forever. I, Did they not do the that? Last,
3: not the last time I checked, but
1: <laughs> It's so wrong.
3: I do, but
2: I attempt to actually... Watch the film, yeah. Yes, I I don't go to to watch other people. Just there. Watch other people. Well, no, I wouldn't at, either. But when they
1: have their bright cell phone turned on in a dark theater, sometimes it will be distracting, depending on the angle you're at. Bad people.
2: Yeah, don't lately do it. the theater here has started having this disclaimer: you use any kind of electronic device in this theater, you could be arrested. It is legal, and it, it's held on the screen for a long time, so that you have no choice but to read it. Is. I don't know how much success it's going to have, though, because after all, most most of the money is made outside the United States now, and lots of internet intellectual property rights just aren't very strong outside the United States. Anyway, there. End of spiel. Phil, you're up. <laughs>
1: um, so, uh let's see here. Yeah, I, uh, so I had uh, a big credit sitting on my credit card from buying stuff all year long and i was like "Ooh, what can i spend that on oh i know i'll go out and get nintendo switch of which there was only like two left at best buy um so i don't know how much it's going to be around for black friday when that rolls around in a few weeks um but i probably stole it from some kid who was hoping to get one for christmas anyway um breaks my heart well
2: no you, you did not steal it you gifted yourself
1: <laughs> i gifted myself you deserve it more than a kid Bill. Yeah exactly i really really do i work hard uh anyway so which means i actually don't have time to play it uh that's kind of the catch-22 right you either work so many hours you have enough money to afford this ship but then you can't play it or vice versa you have all the time in the world, but i keep telling shirley uh my my gaming backlog is so good i'm set for retirement let me tell you i don't need anything for my retirement i'm good to go Uh, Let's see here. So, uh, but haven't played too much on that other than some Fire, uh, some Mario Luigi Rabbids. Talk about tactical! I guess it's a tactical RPG. It's kind of, sort of. Well, it's tactical if nothing else.
0: we cover it too. We cover it. Okay, cool.
1: All right. Yeah. Yeah, So, Glenn playing it not long ago. That's cute. Uh, Oh,
0: definitely looks a lot better than it ought to be with a Mario Rabbids crossover. It's a Mario,
1: and they're funny, and it's it's funny. But I haven't put too much time into that. Uh, I I love. The, the Warriors uh, games, uh, you know, mentioning the Hyrule Warriors earlier, and I'm enjoying the Fire Emblem um, Warriors uh, take on this, and it just amazes me how these guys at TechMacoa or whatever it's called, uh, you know, take their Warriors formula, merge it, you know, they did it with Dragon Quest Heroes, they did it with other franchises, you know, Hyrule, you know, Zelda, and they did a great job with Zelda and making that feel very Zelda-y while still being basically a Warriors game. And Fire Emblem does the same thing. They bring the strategy, like the weapons, triangles, multiple party members that you got to have at the right place at the right time. There's a much bigger focus on that. That's that's always been kind of a thing in some of the games. Like, you play, like, Samurai Warriors, I want to say. You know, you want to split up your two people and, and you want to have them in certain places at certain times, but here you've got four or five or whatever it is. You got more party members, and with the weapons triangles, you got to pay attention to those. So don't send your Pegasus off into the field of archers; she will die very quickly. Um, and if you want to put it on hard mode, there's a hard mode. Uh, they don't die permanently, but it apparently it cost a bunch to resurrect them if you got it on the whatever classic mode or whatever. So that's pretty funny. Um, but it is cool seeing. Uh, I mean, they, they, yeah. And like Zelda pulled from a bunch of characters from all the different games, um, Fire, uh, the Fire Emblem game mostly focuses on uh, Fates and Awakening.
0: Oh, Fates, uh, Awakening, and uh, Shadow Dragon. Plus, Lynn is thrown in there from the seventh game because why not? Lynn,
1: Lynn is super awesome choice there, by the way. I mean, Lynn is the one character I remember from that game. So I'm very excited about Lynn uh, and getting her eventually. But no, that, that was just really great great decision making on their part because i mean i saw owen join the party. i'm like yay rabbit hand of death here it comes sword sword hand is itching yeah um but uh i'm still also playing uh, boy dragon quest 7 is so beefy holy she's balls uh it's just beefy I know. holy cow i i'm like now what am i two dozen hours in and i still feel like i haven't got to the through the beginning yet I'm like, I still haven't unlocked the classes yet. When is that a thing, Mike?
2: Uh, I can tell you, Phil, but you will need to know that a moment of extreme disappointment will come right before it. You will seem to unlock the classes, and then the game will play a very nasty trick on you, and you have to go through a dungeon and, in order to really unlock the classes. Uh, um, you will know when you hit it, though. You will come to a party. Pain switch. Be talking, oh, man. I, I, I want to be a barbarian or I want to be a lumberjack or whatever the heck. I don't remember in the classes right now. You will get there. You will uh, talk to some guy who is going to change your classes, and then the game will pull the old switcheroo on you.
4: Ah. <laughs>
2: through a dungeon in order to really unlock the classes.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the, the you know definitely the the building where everyone's talking about switching their classes. That's definitely Dragon Quest, like All Trades I'll be, It's like, yeah, I can't wait to become an acrobat. You know, so yep. that's 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 definitely Dragon Quest. So, but yeah, no, I want to. I get. I, I, you know, I'm. I'm still getting through it though, and I still like it. I just. Uh, I will. I, I will. Uh, I will definitely get through it. It's just. Gonna, it's see. just Have so gotten, slow. Um, name, or beefy. What Beefy's is a better is word for it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's funny. He's cute. Yeah, yeah. I got him. Okay. Well,
2: it won't be long then. It's just. It's, it's not just long it. after you get him that you start getting into that part of it.
1: Yeah, the game's definitely massive. I mean, you're just going around finding fragments to unlock islands in the past, and then you do those and then it unlocks islands in the present, and you got to go explore those to find more fragments and it's just, it's just it's just it's just it's just huge. And again, I feel like I've explored so much and I haven't even gotten to the classes yet, you know? So, I just true. I just it's it's insane the amount of content in this game. Um so, uh, but it, it's definitely one of those games I like to play while I'm like watching TV or listening to a podcast or something, because uh, it is a little bit of a slow, a slow burn, and especially in, like the dungeons and the stuff, the turn-based combat. But it, it's it's still faster than the original Dragon Quest Seven. Just gonna just gonna put that out there. So, oh
2: yes, it is. Yeah, and remember the, you do have the speed up option here, which helps out a med for battle. Or am I thinking of eight? I think 7 had the ability to speed up things by double.
1: Yeah, oh, uh, I'll have to look again. I mean, it isn't, it isn't terrible. It isn't like the combat's super slow. It's just, eh, you know, I mean, there's so many fights, and, you know. Anyways, and then playing Disgaea D2. And then I made the mistake of playing Disgaea 5 on the Switch. Because, because Disgaea 5 just, I mean, Disgaea D2, so, no, no, we're going to talk about it during the show. Oh, but well. I, I, I have to say, Disquea 5, I, I, this is, I, it just makes so much better impression. Just gonna say. It's like night and day. So it's tough for me to go back to Disquea D2. But I gotta do it. So, yay. Uh, yeah. let's, I can do it. I can do it. Pretties. Uh, anyways. Uh, let's see here but I will say that I think part of me is just spoiled too because I had played Disgaea 3 and 4 on the Vita so I've just gotten used to to Disgaea being on the go and having you know being tied to my PS3 for Disgaea D2 doesn't help it out any Uh, okay cool Uh, well I think that's about it that's about all I'm doing pretty sure too busy doing other stuff uh, uh head on over we went rpg backtrack is a production of rpgamer.com your source for news reviews and home to the best gaming community on the net you'll want to head on over to our website where we have full-blown reviews of the before mentioned aforementioned whatever it's called fire emblem warriors we also got a review for golf story speaking of the switch we got god wars we got battle Chase. we got all kinds of reviews we got south park the fractured but south hole fractured but yeah yeah, it's it's totally a thing. Uh, Is why the what, what was that called the Ilverd Insurrection? Yep, uh, and that looks very very interesting. You'll want to definitely go and check that out if you haven't heard from if you haven't heard of that that game or that series before. That's okay. I haven't either and I've been playing games for years. Uh but go and check it check it out. Uh, Adrian will help open up your eyes to a series you might have missed out on and that you have an opportunity to play now. That you did not have an opportunity to play in the Fast if you just stuck with American games. So yay, go and check that out. Um but yeah it's all over on our website you can also chit chat with us you can leave your comments about our shows uh you can head over to twitter.com forward slash jc servant if you want to join my twitter feed or just tweet out to me at jc servant mr minky is at ju mason that's j-u-m-e-s-y-n and uh miss strawberry eggs what are you again uh
0: berry eggs
1: berry eggs at berry eggs at twitter yeah if you want to hit it up on twitter berry berry eggs uh you know or like i said hit us up at rpgamer our email address is over there too um but yeah we'd love to hear from you we also have uh, other shows you can listen to the rpg cast where we talk about more recent games uh and going on and news in the rpg gaming industry or whatever it's called we have active topical banner and q a quest so we got things for you to listen to on your drive and you know what i've been driving a lot lately and i love listening to them so along the way it's really awesome so Check it all out over at rpgamer.com. Uh, Mr. Meekie, you want to post to bed? Mm, yeah,
2: I bet, I guess I'd better. But I shouldn't do anything too um, scandalous, because Fire Emblem to keeps it classy. We don't want to get too uh you know, a Good night.
4: Good night.